Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of the Racing with Ryan podcast, episode 101. I feel like we're starting over again. We kind of are. Um, joining me in studio for this episode, glad to have a good friend of mine, Mr. Tom Stout from Speedway Video. How's it going, co-host? How's it going? Yeah, it's convenient that it's just a short trip over to your place. Glad I could fill in. Well, um, it was kind of a last-minute deal. Kenny's busy doing some stuff here this week, so he wasn't able to make it in, and I'm glad you were able to, to come in. I thought about, you know, well, I'll just do a quick episode this week and and just record after I get the baby to bed, and I decided to text you and see if you're available first, because sometimes it's just more fun to throw ideas around and bounce off each other, so I appreciate you coming in, and uh, we've got you a microphone stand for the first time. So. I, I get a stand you got this a stand. time. Every other time I've... I come in, I've got to bum it by holding, holding my it. own microphone. Right. I mean, I come on. Such a professional operation. Negative five stars. Uh, well, listen, there there are a few people that would rate us negative five stars. And uh, just to touch on that real quick, like perfect segue. Um, appreciate CJ Creech coming up and uh, chatting with me, with me the other day in the pits. Um, you know, he, there are some things, some stories that we talked about the last couple of weeks that, you know, involved his team and, um, wasn't the best look and, and he's like, you know, I, I didn't like it. I appreciate you, you know, doing what you had to do, but I appreciate him. And, and here's the thing. Not everybody has to like what we talk about on the show, but I like that even though he didn't like it, he came up to me and was just like, I get it. You, you have a show to do. Um, thanks for, you know, I guess covering all the sides of it and, and, and everything. Um, but I, I just like the fact that he came up to me. We had a civil conversation about yeah. it, and we were able to shake hands, and it's all good. Because the fact of the matter is, on this show, sometimes I'm going to give an opinion that someone is not going to agree with. Sometimes I'm going to have a story that's, you know, not the best look for somebody. I'm not doing it to, um, and, and I think you know this, Tom, I'm not doing it to, to piss people off. I'm just talking about the things that happen. And sometimes I get I get sources from this person, and I get it from this person, and things are different. So... Anywho, I just appreciate when someone can civilly come up and have a conversation with me and we can shake hands at the end of the deal. So um, I think that can put all of that stuff to rest and we can we can move on and talk about what was a wild week in the motorsports world. Um, we got Sunbelt Series race number three in. It's officially in the books at New Smyrna. Um, kind of a wild, wacky, and wet night, unfortunately. Um, so we'll talk about all of that. We have coverage from the road course, the NASCAR race in Sonoma. And on the third segment, we will go around the state. We do have some tracks to catch up on here this week. We have fantasy stuff. Thunder Road was in action. So all the stuff that Tom is super looking forward to at the, uh, at the <laughs> end of this There's thing. some of it that I am. There's some I've, I pay enough attention now that yeah. some of it I'll understand. Well, what I like is that y- you will listen to the show. And, That's and, true. And you tell me, yeah. like, this is how you keep up with what's going on. Yeah, So, yeah. you know, whether it's listening for a specific reason or not, at least at least you get some value out of this thing because, yeah. you know, you can keep up with it. I just, I, how nice I'm going to be to you every Saturday is is based on the tally marks that I take of how many times you mention Speedway right. video. Exactly, exactly. That's why I'm listening, yeah. Well, look, I look, I got to I gotta keep my name on that, that Patreon list on <laughs> yes, the side of the yeah. videos one way or another because, <laughs> you know, eventually, uh, you know, the rides will run out and I won't have any other collateral. So, you know. oh man. Um, but yeah, what, what a week. Um, coming off a show, celebrating 100 episodes. I know we didn't have a lot to talk about last week, but we made a hell of a show. I, it's funny, I had to cut a story out and then I had to upload the show 
to a website that compressed the audio even more to get the file to fit because I ran into my first real issue on my hosting site and had to uh, smush the file down to even get the episode uploaded. So last week, even though there wasn't a lot, we ended up, ha- I don't know about you, but I had a great time last week. Oh, it was a lot of fun. And, and what what cra- I'm not going to say what story it was, mm. but what cracks me up about the story that you cut is that it's about something that we were going to put on our YouTube channel, but then the footage that we got of it didn't work out really, so I I never put it up on our YouTube channel. And so now twice we've tried to tell the story, and it's ended up getting cut. We'll, so we'll save just... <laughs> it for another time, I guess. It, it'll make it to the airways one of these days. One of these but, days. Uh, but yeah, and then everybody's going to gonna realize, like, oh, that's why you kept cutting it. Right, right, exactly. It's one of those, well, I, I feel like it was expendable. And it's funny, I cut it out, and it really didn't make a difference in the right. file size. And I, so I had to go to a, another uh, alternative route to to figure out how I was going to get the show uploaded. I was a little panicky last week, so I'm like, oh, I didn't expect this to happen. What do I do? What do I do? But we got it up there. We got it out to the masses. Um, it was a fun show, but we're going to get to serious business here on this show. Um, as usual, we're going to start with where the podcast was this week, and of course, at New Smyrna Speedway. Um, race number three, the Sunbelt series, which Tom, you, you, you've been around the last couple of years, you know, the Sunbelt series came back last season and it was moderate to moderate success. Uh, six cars in the which first race. Which is being generous. That's I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The first race last year was a disappointment for sure. we've talked about that numerous times. Um, second race was an uptick. And then of course you, we, we had two or three rainouts and we tried to make the Clyde Hart twin fifties and that kept getting rained out. And then the hurricane came, and we never got any other races in. So it was a rough start to the revival of the Sunbelt Series, to say the least. Yeah, I, I just just uploading this most recent one to the YouTube channel, I, I searched Sunbelt in my own archives just to make sure that I was getting the title correct because I wanted all to, you know, Flow. I've got, I've got yeah. a format that I want to match up. And it was another one of those situations where I look stuff up, and I'm like, did I forget to upload yeah. some races? Like, no. What? Is that it? That's all we got in? That's all we got in. Yeah, it was sad last year. Yeah, last year was a it was a weird year. And it was kind of you know, kind of that year where you look back at it and you're like, man, what's what's going on? But then we get to the track on uh Saturday, and I, I was kind of telling you guys last week when we talked, you know, I I've got about 10, 11 guys that I I think are gonna be there and maybe some surprises and you know, we talked about some of those guys, and there were a few that weren't there. Bobby Good, Nick White, uh, to name a few. Jeff Schofield, Gavin Graham, like yeah. not insignificant names. Right. There were some drivers that were at the last two that weren't at this one. Uh, but not everybody runs for points in the state. That's something I've realized and had to come to terms with. I don't like it, but just, you know, sometimes you get the guys, sometimes you don't. So there were a few names that weren't there, but we had so many new names and new cars come out and returning faces that we ended up with a great, I, th- I think it was one of the most competitive fields we've had oh for a new gosh, Smart yeah. Late Model race in years. Yeah, th- there was a story like, would you say the top six, the top eight? Like there was, a, I mean, the, the 28, uh, remind me of the name. J- Tim Watson. Tim Watson. Yep. Uh, that's right. I just edited the highlight reel mm. and I have several times of you going, Watson. Uh, uh, you know, and, and I'm going frame by frame trying to figure out which part of the ooh to cut in on. Uh, so I should remember that. <laughs> but then, you know, uh, Jake Finch, Finch cutting a tire, yeah. uh, taking the pit stop and then blasting right back up through the field. Um, you know, and, and even on the other side of it, Michael Goddard, uh, you know, doing great last time Struggled. and struggling this. T- I mean, there were stories 
all up and down the field. And, and that, you know, Goddard was the dominant car a month and a half ago. So we're talking six weeks. And that shows you how competitive the world of super late model racing is, is you can have a guy come dominate at your track and then six weeks later, whatever it is, come back and be mid-pack. And he still had good lap times. He was competitive. He was like fourth or fifth in qualifying. So it wasn't yeah. like they were off. Right. They just weren't, they didn't nail it like they did a couple weeks ago. And I think that's a good thing because you want to see these guys keep working. You want to, you want it to be unpredictable, even though the end result was kind of predictable this week, but it wasn't in a predictable fashion. Right. And it, it made for a very interesting race. And um, just to get a couple things out of the way before we go more in depth into the race about um, the event itself. And, and I like to be transparent. Um, definitely some frustrating things during the event itself. Um, qualifying started late. And I don't have an... Ex- we, we were ready to go. We had drivers still going through tech at like 6.15 for pre-qualifying tech. So that, that's an issue. And I'm not sure where that issue stems from uh the schedule's out like a week in advance the schedule's printed and and available all over the racetrack um it was announced you know drivers to pre-tech qualifying's at six but we didn't start qualifying at six and you saw cars i I think if you go back and watch the qualifying video you'll hear me mention we still have a couple cars in tech yeah and i honestly believe like i can understand at six o'clock, if like the guys that qualify 16th and 17th are still going through tech. But I think, I think by 605 at the latest, everybody should be pretty much ready to go for qualifying. Um, I, I, I hate to suggest this and I, and I hate to say it's time to enforce this kind of thing, but I feel like if you're not ready and staged when it's your time to go, there needs to be a penalty of some sort because it held up the show. And, pushed everything back to where like the first heat race didn't start till after 6:30. And those the heats were fine, but then again on our end, we have too much downtime between races. So there was a lot of things that just caused the the qualifying portion of the show, the early bird portion of the show to take longer than it should have. And when we started the show, there was no we we knew that maybe there was a possibility of weather but we can't start the features until 7.30. It's, that's, that's the thing with the early bird. We still cannot start the features early. Um, but everything took so long to get qualified that we had to cut the autograph session. Then we had the ceremonial stuff that we still had to do. And that stuff didn't go smoothly. Um, it was a little bit frustrating. Uh, I, I thank Rusty for talking me down. Uh, cause I went down there I, I, I'm like, okay, I'll get the driver of the week up here. I'll go do that. while they line up the supers? Not a problem. Then we'll roll right into the next thing. I do driver of the week and I'm like, all right, Courtney, hang tight. All right, hang tight. Cars aren't even rolling yet. Then I see Rusty pull out with the pace car and I wondered why, I don't know if you noticed, but he went all the way down the straightaway and I'm like, why the hell are you going way down there? And come to find out later in the night after I debriefed with him. He goes, I was waiting for my cars. So like, I pulled down there because I was going to pick up the field and get ready to go. But he's like, the race director disappeared. Nobody, it was, we were all under the impression that the cars were going to roll out uh, as I went down to do driver of the week. Because that's what he said. All right, I'm going to do driver of the week. Let's, we'll get the rest of the stuff ready. Um, but you, you know, there was a five, it felt like forever for me, but there was like a 10 minute period of nothing because nothing was going on. And I don't know, I went down to the racetrack 
And then Miss Hart came down. I talked to her and I said, hey, you know, we've got a little bit of discombobulation here. I really don't know what's going on. I'm ready to start. We don't have late models out here. We don't have Jim up, up here. Jim and Brooke, I guess, weren't notified ahead of time that they were wanted on the front stretch. So we had to, you know, roll call them to the front stretch. Um, late models hadn't staged yet. I, I was thinking, okay, we're going to roll after the heats. We're going to roll late models out. We're going to have this qualify or this uh, autograph session which will give us enough time to get everybody that we need where it's, where they're supposed to be, but we had to scrap that. So nobody was really ready. Nobody was where they were supposed to be. So I'm down there on track, and I'm trying to, like, figure out what the hell's going on. And I don't carry a radio because it, it's distracting to me. And, and I hear the people. They're getting antsy. And then you kind of look over your shoulder, and then you see the clouds, and you're like, son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Okay. It's really time to get going here. Um so there were definitely some things that were not smooth and I personally apologize. Um, I'm sure there were things that I could have done better. Um, things were communicated to me as far as what was going on, but I also thought that meant that things were uh, communicated to the other people that needed to know about it as well. So if I, if, if those conversations with me were meant for me to have everybody where they were supposed to be, I apologize, but, um, you know, I kind of knew what we were going to do, and then it all fell apart, and I didn't know what the hell we were going to do. So opening ceremonies took a while, but I'm glad that we took the time to honor Jim and Brooke because losing, you know, wh whether you're a fan of Jim Jones and his photography or not, for him to be around that racetrack for so long and to lose his father and still be at the racetrack is, you know, I, I feel like he deserves some recognition and, and a little bit of feel-good moment. So I'm glad we did that. And I feel like once we got them to the racetrack, that went well. And then Rusty's like, yeah, we're going to do the thing for George. And I'm like, because I'm like, Rusty, I don't know what you want me to do because earlier in the day you said, don't do this. And now you want to do this. And he took the mic and did it. And I thought he did a great job saying what needed to be said and doing that part of it. And then we got to the tower, played the anthem and went racing. So um, definitely for, for those listening, thinking, well, you guys wasted a lot of time. I'm telling you right now, I'm giving you the transparency of what happened. And, um, uh, I talked to Holly today and said, hey, just a few things to button up. It's no individual's fault. It's all of us can do better. And we tighten up a few things and, and we're, we're in better shape because looking at that field of late models, 17 cars came out for this 100 lapper. And that's, to me, for a weekly show, I know it's a 100 lapper. So this isn't just our old 35 lappers where we used to get six, seven, eight cars. But they were 100 lappers last year too. Right. And so, okay, so you compare what we had this week to what we had at all last year, it's leaps and bounds a yeah. step in the right direction. Yeah. So for some of the things that haven't been as smooth procedurally, you can tell where the work, where there's been work on the other side of things. And I think it's a good thing. Um, and I think we, st we start getting these consistent 15 to 18 car, car, car counts for late model races, the fans are going to come back. It's trending in the right direction, and I'll back you up on the transparency because we we rode in and we rode out together, and you know on the ride back, that's when we're going to be bitching about stuff if there's something that went wrong. Yeah, and and, and to clarify, when I when when we say bitching, right. we're talking about the things that could have been better. <laughs> I did I did think twice before using that word, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, well, I think you listen, said it earlier, so I, I'll go ahead and say. I it. don't want somebody to listen to this and think, oh, they're upset like, or yeah. they're they're talking s. 
Or like whenever we leave the track, we start complaining. No, no but like if, we debrief and we go over yeah, the things that if if there are was something that stuck in our craw yeah, on that exactly. ride home, that's when it's going to get aired out. And the story that you just told is the same one that I heard in the car. So I, yeah. I'll back you up on the transparency there. And like you said about uh, the the moment of silence for Jim's father, the the story about uh, George helping out uh, people uh, that that Rusty wanted to tell. Everyone's heart is in the right place yes and you suggest maybe there should be a penalty for showing up to qualifying late or whatever it is and that may sound strict but if you don't have rules or if you do have rules but they're not enforced then what's the point then stuff gets sloppy yeah and that that applies across the board at anywhere you go absolutely anywhere you see it in any anything that wants to be an organized anything if there are not rules or rules that are enforced then no matter how how people's hearts are in the right place, stuff does start, start to fall through the cracks. And it didn't end up being catastrophic on Saturday, but it was to the point where me having my heads in my cameras and, and trying to make sure I've got the angles and everything, even, even in that, I was like, okay, I rushed around and got set up and now right. I'm just waiting, and right. I'm definitely noticing that nothing's happening, and, and, and weather's like, coming. You, you don't want to frustrate the drivers to where they don't want to come back, but if you let the drivers run everything and, and are on driver time 24-7, then you alienate the fans. So there's like there's a balance, and that's, a, that's what I'm talking about, is I try to find the balance between what's good for the drivers and what's good for the fans. Because mm-hmm. I'm on both sides of it here. And, and I, you know... I, I, I'm on thirds. Like I think about the fans, think about the drivers, and I got to make sure the track is happy too with 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 me and make sure that I uphold uh, what I need to uphold for the track. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't believe in it, then who does? I mean, it's literally a salesman position, you know. In a way, uh, yeah. when whenever I had a job, you know, I always have some weird story that may or may not actually relate to something. But you know, when when I did have a salesman position, I had to make sure that I actually that that I genuinely believed in the product I was selling. Otherwise, I could not sell it. Right. Because then, no matter how good a job I did of purporting myself as a salesman, I would know that I was lying. So I had to make sure that it was a product that I actually used myself and believed in myself before I tried to feed people the lines about why they should spend money on it. Right. And, and that's why when I get on here and I talk about something, I'm not putting it down. I'm just letting everybody know, hey, I hear you. I know the concerns that you had about xyz so here's what happened and give you a little bit more insight into it and if you're upset about it then you have every right to be upset about it but at least you know it's not falling upon deaf ears right and we're aware of basically my point is we're aware that some things need to be tidied up and we've been talking about that all year and um there just seems to be an issue with certain things running smoothly that have to be running for us to have a, a race so, um, working on it, talk to Holly and Def about it today and, um, hopefully it, you know, hopefully improvements start to, uh, procedural improvements, uh, are, are start to show and, and we can move past all this stuff, but we did get a race in. Now we got all the heats in, mm-hmm. first of all, let me be clear about that. All the heats were in, qualifying was in. So the fields were officially set for feature action. We got the first feature started, and let's go ahead and talk about that super light model race because 
those first four laps yeah. with the eight-car invert. Uh, Tim Watson set fast time, which was very impressive. Uh, but we drew an eight on the invert. So he started back in eighth. So we inverted about half the field when you think about it. <laughs> and right. that put uh, Daniel Webster on pole, I believe. Or uh, uh, No, it was Atwell. Atwell was on pole? Right. And Webster led early? I know Webster had the lead early and Gorham. Oh, maybe it was Gorham Webster. about. Okay, I, you're probably right then. Okay. I know Atwell was up there, but I, I think Webster led like he got the lead early and then Gorham with with the sense of urgency and how these super late models race, like track position's important. Yeah. I remember Gorham being aggressive either on the first lap or on the second the lap. Second lap, yeah. He, he yeah. kind of got into Webster a little bit off the corner. So I think Webster led lap one and then Gorham got around does, him or started battling him yeah, on lap two. That sounds right. And we had a lot of action, a lot of jostling for position. And then the the 99, Bobby uh, Bobby Gordon, he, he blew a motor. And uh, first time out at New Smyrna in that car. Uh, kudos to him. He reached out to us uh, via our website and uh, said, first and foremost, had a blast. The staff did a great job. We appreciate everybody. Um, didn't even say anything about his, his tough night. He said, I would like to help. Uh, promote in any way that I can the next race. I would like, you know, uh, I have some events that I do. If if there's a way, to, you know, I can get tickets or discount codes, I'd love to give them out and help spread the word. Oh, I've got space great. on my car. So this guy's reaching out and he's kind of, he's like, I know you guys do a lot of your stuff on social media, but I'd like to help with an old school approach on the marketing. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, wow. Th- yeah. So I reached out to him, got him in touch with Tammy and we're going to work with him. So uh, short night for him, four laps blown motor and yet he wants to help us so that that is the kind of person that you want around so i i and, and to me that tells me he'll be back mm-hmm. so that that's good news um he's on board with the next race and wants to help promote it so super cool sucks he blew a motor and then uh his pseudo teammate brian finney in the 80 car the they were you know they came in together team cars i don't know if they're out of the same stable or not but virtually teammates uh finney was out on lap four too so we lost two pretty good cars on lap four to, to blown motors or mechanical issues. And then Trenton Hennick, of course, uh, wrecked in practice. That team cut the front end of the car off and made it on the racetrack. I yeah. think that right there was a testament of what it means to to some of these racers. Um, you know, your day's already screwed up before the sun goes down. Yeah, it and, apparently was a nasty enough wreck that I had people coming up to me in the pits like, <laughs> oh man, I wish you filmed practice. Yeah, I heard a couple of different people mention, oh, it would have been right on right where you have your... Mm-hmm. Your wall mm-hmm. camera, you would have gotten it. Um, so yeah, Trent Hennick, who's running for points, running for Rookie of the Year, crashed in practice, uh, stuck around all day. I saw the, I never saw them pack up, so I didn't really know what their plan was, and I didn't want to bug him because you, you know you don't want to go up and be like, so I, I see you've had a bad day. What's the plan? Because uh, I did that with the guy who flipped the truck. He's like, I'm selling this shit. I'm oh, done, yeah. and then he's never been back. So you know you don't want to, no. you know. So I always tow that line and leave them alone uh, when they have a, a bad incident like that. But they right. cut the front of the car off, and their their point was let's start the race and get our points and yeah. get get some payout for being here. And, and that's what they did. But I'll give them – I feel like that is deserving of a little recognition because it would sure. be really easy to just pack up and go home. So we, we had three cars down by four laps in is, is my point with all this. And with the red flag to clean up the track because, unfortunately, uh, Bobby did put – Grease down all around the speedway. That's when I really knew, like, oh, yeah, the weather. Like, you know, I knew the forecast, and it's kind of like, hopefully it misses us. So we're not yeah. thinking about yeah. it. And then when that red flag hit, and 
we had the delay. I was able to take a few minutes and look around outside. And I'm like, oh, it's coming. Mm-hmm. Shit. This delay is not what we needed. Because we probably could have got another 10, 15, 20 laps of the race in. Yeah, probably. It, it definitely it definitely hit us bad enough that we probably wouldn't have been able to finish it. But at that point, I mean, you and I even said to one another, since you, the delay was long enough that you were able to come up and chat for a moment, yeah. uh, like, well, at least we're going to be able to get this one in. Yeah, and, and I felt like even with the weather that we could see off in the distance threatening, I'm like, well, 51 laps. If we get 51 laps in, that's an official race. Now, yeah. I did have in the back of my mind, like, I, I knew we were going to get restarted. It, it was a question of how many laps will we will we be able to run and will we get to halfway, I guess was the main question at that point. You were conscious enough to say this one's official after we hit that mark. Yes, yes, and that was a big deal to get to that point. Uh, but I also had in the back of my mind, like, I wonder if, like, if we get close enough to halfway, what the track will do. Because the track could say at lap 45, if it rains, this race, it's, we're not halfway. It's not official. No pay, no points, nothing. You just ran 45 laps for nothing. They could say that. But I wondered with, because I know the uh, that Rusty really treats this Sunbelt series as a big deal. He, it, it is a big deal for, for us. Um and he treats these drivers, he tries to treat these drivers with the most respect. So I wondered if we got close enough, if they wouldn't just deem the race official. Because I feel like at our level that they could make that decision, just like they did with the Modifieds at Speed Weeks. They right. paid official race points and payout based on qualifying to take care of the drivers that take care of us every February. Right. That drove sucky, down all the way from New England. Right. Sucky deal for the fans for sure. Uh, sucky deal for maybe those guys that were hoping Matt Hirschman maybe had a problem and they could beat him, um, <laughs> or, which or was unlikely. For Hirschman fans who wanted to see, see him, him sweep. get all five, yeah. yeah, which he, I mean, he technically, technically did, did, but yeah, you know, I just wondered. I'm like, well, I wonder if we get close enough if the track will just determine, okay, it's official, we're going to pay you out based on where your position is. Luckily, we had a damn good race. Like it was compact, so we we got 63 laps in. First four laps were crazy. Things um, then kind of sorted out a little bit. Uh, only one other caution. That was when Jake Finch was battling Michael Atwell for third. He cut a right front tire, and I think probably one of the biggest saves we've seen oh my gosh, in a yeah. late model because he blew that tire in turn three, skated up the racetrack. A lot of times, to a more inexperienced driver, that's a that's a big wreck. That's a clip. That's I a mean, that destroyed ends race your car. car. Yeah. yeah. And he was headed for the wall, but he did a great job to keep it off the wall, keep it going, down the front straightaway so you get that great shot that you got. And then he got off into turn one. He had it (laughs) woed up, was able to change the tire. And that's always – it's fun to watch those guys change those tires and get them back out there. I know Mm -hmm. it's not the NASCAR pit stop, you know, nine, ten seconds. But, you know, it's fun to watch them get a new tire on, see the intensity to get that car back in the race. No, I love that stuff. And and thank you to Jake Finch for driving that right past the Uh on-track GoPro because – the way Great the sky shot. looked at that time, mm-hmm. like that that shade of blue and the shade of orange that the sparks are, Good you see that on Hollywood movie posters all uh-huh. the time. Even yeah. if the poster doesn't call for sparks, they have a blue background and they have the sparks because it's eye-catching. Mm-hmm. And the paint job on his car matches the Sunbelt Series logo that it I does. made last it year. It really does. It it's really one of the best the pictures. Yeah, it's one of my favorite thumbnails I've ever put up. So thank you, Jake. And it was weird to film because that happened 
And I've seen enough of these over the past eight years to be like, oh, he's going into the wall. This is not ending well. And I'm just going to be framed up on turn four for quite a while here while they like double hammock him out. Yeah. And <laughs> then he kept going. And I'm like, oh, what a this save. is like it's one of those alternate reality moments where you're like, what? I'm still filming the car going? What's happening? Yeah, great save. And then uh, on top of all that, he made it very exciting when we went back to racing because I think that caution happened lap 20, lap yeah. 25. And like again, that. credit to Jake. I didn't – like I, I don't know him as a driver that well. I know he's raced at our track a lot. I'm familiar with the look of the car. But, I mean, I, I wasn't expecting him to blast up through the track the way he did. So I basically missed it. You know, I, I I just I just sort of passed focusing off like on the leaders. Yeah, I was point. focusing yeah. on other stuff, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, he's already back up into what the top five. Yeah, or I something? think within a lap or two of the restart, he had gotten by three or four other yeah. cars and was flying. <laughs> and honestly, if the race had gone the distance and we had had a caution or two, he's probably a player in the finish of the race. Yeah, uh, he got back up to fourth, and that's as far as he's able to get um, right after halfway. And and. With all this going on, George Gorham is still leading. Right after halfway... Um, With great restarts, by the way. That, that, yeah. The, Gorham's restart after that incident was... Fantastic. Because yep. you're thinking, like, is this where Brad's going to get him? And Gorham just, you know, yeah. zoomed out front. So Gorham led for a while, and right around the halfway point, you could start, like... The rain was coming from behind the tower, so the drops weren't hitting the window. So I couldn't see that there were drops, but I could see commotion in the grandstands. And I could see a few people starting to make their way down. And I'm mm -hmm. like, shit. Then you look up in the lights, and it wasn't bad, but you could see some precipitation. And we all knew it was coming. Our hot dogs are good, but they're not that popular. Where's right. everybody going? Why, why are you missing out on the, the what could be the end of the race? Where are you going? Um, but there was a point where I remember Brad May was all over George Gorham. And a lap later, he's three or four car lengths behind. The next lap, he's six or seven car lengths behind. Mm -hmm. And I went, oh, shit. Brad is totally backing off to cool his tires because he knows that weather is coming. Like, obviously, he's had his spotter look and say, hey, uh, we got weather coming. We got to make our charge. He cooled his stuff down, and he said this in his interview. Mm -hmm. He backed it up to go make that final charge. He basically, as he said, when he heard it's go time from the spotter, like it's going to rain any minute, he went into attack mode. And that was the most aggressive I've seen Brad drive. And I know these guys yeah. are, are running. There's a few raindrops. It's starting to get slick. Um you know, these things are on edge as it is. Brad did say that the rain did, he, he suspected the rain might have affected the track a little right. bit and helped him pass Gorham in three. Well, because they, they touched, but it wasn't like Brad just drove straight in the corner and knocked Gorham out of the way. They was, were both driving each other real clean around uh, three and four. Uh, e each of them had a moment where they could have gotten into one another and they didn't. It was beautiful driving. Yeah. There was a moment coming around, I believe it was one and two, where Brad... They slid touched, up. yeah. It, Brad you know. did slide up from the bottom and kind of yeah. Yeah. got into Gorham, but didn't knock him so far to the groove where it was over at that point. But, right. Gorham you know, was still in it. Yeah. Um, but it it did, that was kind of the moment where Brad was able to take advantage. And then when he got out in front, it was like, oh, it's over. And, I love when you say goodbye. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've watched Brad May race enough to know yeah. when he gets to the lead, I mean, let's just say that this line of showers fizzled out or didn't get here, um, 
and the race goes, I, I don't know that he holds on to win because if we get another restart and Jake Finch gets up there, people start making contact, things get shuffled around. But I figured with the time that we probably had left in that race that that was bad news for the rest of the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sure enough, it was uh, right after, I, I think it was like lap 52 or 53 when it started sprinkling. And the race could have been called at any time. Yeah, it could have, yep. But we got another, you know, eight, nine, ten laps in. Um, I, Excuse me, I know some people are probably thinking, oh, the minute Brad May gets the lead, you watch, they'll throw the checkers. But we got 63 laps in. I mean, you just said it. We could have justifiably called it before the halfway point. They could have. I mean, officials, the Speedway officials could have made that decision if that's what they chose to do. Or mm-hmm. they could have said, race is an official. We'll have to pick it up another time, or this one's... I remember a Clyde Hart Memorial that started, I think it was 2016. It started, we got maybe 20, 30 laps in, it rained, and they all said, nope, it's it, we're not coming back tomorrow, this race just didn't happen. And it never happened again. That's right. So that was just, that was a waste, and, and I don't think that's the right call. So I, I think that the track would have taken care of the late models for being here with the good with the good turnout. But luckily, we got 63 laps in. Still sucks, I mean... I've been talking about how 75 might be the perfect distance. And I feel like if you think about that being a 75 lap distance, like there was good action in that point. There was no real lull in that race. Even when it was George Gorham and then Brad May was in second, you knew Brad May was up to something. Mm -hmm. You were watching Brad May. You were watching George Gorham kind of size each other up at that point. And then you got Or there was a battle for third. Right. You got Finch and Atwell going at it. You got Timothy Watson getting shoved around several times. He got knocked around the racetrack trying to make his way back up through. So there was good racing. Then you had like, you had Webster hanging out in the top five for a while. You had Michael Goddard. You're watching him out of the corner of your eye wondering what's up with him. The novelty of Jason Vale in a super late. That was just cool. Yeah. That was cool. Because he's he's so quiet. He don't ever tell you what he's up to. (laughs) When you interview him, he turns around and faces away. Yes, he does. That's just his personality. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, 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 no. No, he's just, he's introverted and that's fine. I mean, I, I totally understand it. Um, I saw him walk into the, the bar and I was like, interesting to see you out here. And he's like, always up to something. And then he walked <laughs> in and got his pay and went home. Like, you know, that's so that, Jason. Yep. That's, that is, I mean, I remember I got a text in the morning, um, cause I had a good roundabout idea who was going to be there. Um, I knew I was more surprised at who didn't show up than who. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah. And, and I guess there was some contention about, um, you know, I, I put out, I shared my potential entry list on the New Smyrna Facebook page because that's the only question I was getting. I talked about this last week. And then I got a phone call about how, you know, you put out an entry list, you know, kind of, sort of. Well, somebody saw that and said, well, I'm not bringing my cars now. I think that's the most petty bullshit. You don't want to go race against a good field of cars because one other driver is going to be there. Go race your car. Like, if if, if one other person makes you not want to race, I don't know if you're doing it for the right reasons or not. That just seems yeah, petty to me. I was kind of. I don't know who it was. I don't care who it was. Yeah. I know that I worked my ass off to try to give the people an idea. I'm trying to put butts in those grandstands, but I'm not going to be upset about it. It is what it is. Uh, if we lost a car because somebody saw somebody else was coming, at least that other person was there. Um, and it's like I told Rusty. I'm like, you know, if you're getting phone calls about the people that are coming, maybe you don't want the people that are calling you to be there. Because if that is going to be a problem, then maybe you just don't want them there. Yeah. So um, hopefully it's not a problem going forward. If it is, oh, well, I know that uh, George Gorham, despite not getting the win, 
was happy to be there, and he said, "You you heard him in the oh, show. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to bring my other cars next time. Yeah, we're going to be here for. Uh, we're trying to make all the the rest of these races and in, in Governor's Cup for sure. So yeah, you should see Gorham. A very polite thing to say, mm-hmm. but it sounded very genuine coming from him. He he had he even had other reasons as to why he thought it was a good show and uh like the and it's a good place for his team to be and practical and you know putting over the car count and saying that he sees how the the track is working to improve the car count and i the, youtube comments are youtube comments and usually not much can be not much mind should be paid to them sure but i got a very respectful comment from a viewer in detroit and i love seeing the out-of-state sometimes out-of-country comments from yeah. people who just was that love... the you know seems like this track doesn't have many people was yeah that the comment? and 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 steve chimed in uh that, very yeah. astutely and said like well the grandstands are really spread out uh so like we can get the same kind of crowd that auburndale draws right. and they'll spread out more so then it doesn't look like much and and also in auburndale from where i'm filming I catch a lot of the stands, right. but where, where, how high where I am you at are Smyrna, at New Smyrna, the good portion of the grandstand is cut out. Exactly. And you don't see it at all. So I, I'll like see like there. down at turn four, down at turn one, where, where fewer sparse. people are sitting. Right. Um, the main grandstand was decently full of people come feature time. Yeah. Decently full. Definitely could have been more people. But and the weather, I'm sure, scared people away. That is an element of it, and I'm sure there are various other there elements as well. There are probably some people that think about the last few years of late model racing and say, I'm not paying $20 to go watch six cars. Bingo. And so we are currently reestablishing right. that... I mean, the, the division is reestablishing itself. But, I mean, that was that was a that was a feel-good car count it was a on great- Saturday. Listen, and we had 19 for the Orange Blossom at mm-hmm. the end of the world, the, the end of the World Series. Yeah. And then we had, I think, 14 for the second race. Pretty good. And yeah. then 17 for this one. Yeah. So yeah. people are noticing it. Yeah. And, you know, you got some a stand-up guy like George Gorham saying that in the video. I'm so glad we were able to go down to the pits and get those interviews after the yeah. fact. And, and people notice this guy from Detroit commenting, like, hey, why aren't more people there? Because the car right. counts and are really good. And he didn't do it like, wow, this nobody comes to this track. Right. He did it. He respectfully asked, you know, what's up? Yeah, that's all he was doing. Yeah, and and the best answer I could muster uh, before before other people chimed in, like Steve, uh, was was just saying like, well, we're reestablishing right now. Yeah, we're, we're it's it's still. I don't know. I the, the Sunbelt series is still a work in progress, yes. but I think it has legs now mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Whereas last year. You know, it had to crawl so that this year could walk. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, it continues and we're we're walking on sunshine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um it, it was a great turnout and and I just attribute that to a lot of the work that people don't see. Because Rusty's not the kind of person to get on the computer and be like, This and this and this and so and so and so. Rusty Rusty does what he has to do to keep Jane and Robert happy, to keep the facility open. And then he's got you know, a couple of people that he trusts to have to bring cars out, and they have been like Brian Finney. What got him back to racing was the Sunbelt series, you know, and now he's got two supposedly another car in the works. Um, we've seen Gorham come back, and you know, and Gorham, you know, I had somebody say, Well, the only reason George Gorham came to New Smart is because he's been kicked out everywhere else. That's not true, he's only been kicked out of Auburndale, right. But now he's he sees that as an opportunity to venture out. And yeah. he's gone to Showtime, and he's dominated over there. 
He's gone to Citrus and he's dominated over there. Then he came to New Smyrna, I think maybe to prove a little bit of a point. Like, I think we can do this too. And he almost did. The only person that got by him was Brad May. Yep. And Brad May, I mean, he's the mayor of New Smyrna. That's just the way it goes. Um, you know, so Brad did get by him right there at the very end. If the race had gone 45 laps, then George might have been declared the winner um, if the officials chose to do that. Now, of course, right at the halfway point, Brad May gets by. It goes, you know, another 10 laps or so, and it rains. Race is called official, so Brad May picks up the win. First win for him this year. He was not good during the World Series. Uh, different, like the, a whole step of competition, a whole different yeah. field of competition at the World Series. But the competition for the Sunbelt races have, has been good. Instead of Brad being Brad May and then everybody else, it's... You know, you've got this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy, and Brad May, who could contend for the win. So the competition level's been great. And I actually do want to highlight that. Uh, not, I mean, it, it, it's, it highlights itself, but because it's Brad May and everybody else in most recent years that we've seen, it has been astounding to me this year to truly see just how great of a driver Brad is and that he's not he doesn't seem to be getting rusty because you would no. think if you're that dominant like if you just blow away the rest of the field and i'm not trying to say brad doesn't make it competitive at you know but when you don't have competition coming out like he didn't in 2022 he didn't get soft no he he could have had a real bad night at the last at the last race and he had an amazing save because he's still that sharp he's and the team is still that dialed I, in i think that's why when Things went south with Rich Clauser, who used to drive the nine car back in the day. Um, and then Brad May stepped into that car because Brad May used to race his own stuff. And Brad was a semi-frequent competitor, but didn't run. He wasn't a, you know, New Smyrna all the time guy. Then he stepped into the nine because Bobby Sears has been Orlando and New Smyrna. Um, and, and I don't know the story between what happened with Rich. That trans The transition from Rich Clauser to Brad May happened the year before I started working there. So I don't know what the story is there, but I remember when I first started paying attention to New Smyrna, it was Rich Clauser in the nine, and then next thing I know, it's Brad May in the nine. So ever since Bobby put Brad in the car, um, <laughs> Brad just, he takes care of equipment. Yeah. We rarely see a wrecked nine car. Yeah. And if he's caught up in something, it's not of his own doing, or he gets caught up in it and barely gets any damage. Right. He always takes care of his stuff. He makes the most out of a bad day the the second sunbelt race where he finished second he did not have a great car but he survived and he put his car in the right places to get up on the podium and tonight he did just enough to get by george gorm at the last moment it was fascinating for me to watch that yeah. you know i i don't think i've ever seen a race before where the weather played into the strategy it really did that they did. the spotters and the driver like he said in the interview he kept on asking them you know, where's that green line, meaning the radar? Like, yep. where's the green? Where's the, the green? spotter saying it's and all it, around us. Yeah, and they, again, we don't know when the track officials are going to decide to call it, but, right. you know, he's he's got tires that are getting hot. He's got to drop back and cool it off. He's got to decide when. He's got a car to, that's getting hot. They were having water pump issues. They, had to, they went home to Oviedo and got the backup car just oh, in right. case. Yeah, that's right. So, so you know, it's it was just amazing to me to, fascinating to me to see the weather strategy in action uh, and and just deciding on the timing, like, okay, this is when we go for it. It was and, definitely... And it was just a few laps later that it got called. The race 
definitely did not have that boring lull to it no. that like the prolate model race at the beginning of the yeah. year had. No, I mean, offense. I just no I, offense I get, like I said earlier went. today, and by the time this drops, it will already be out. I edited the highlight reel. I was able to salvage, you know, for just to the heats, some extra stuff like the uh, like Rusty telling the the George Gorham story and whatnot. And even he he rushed through that. You could tell he did. Uh, yeah. I don't think he. Well, told, we were told all the feeling thing. the pressure. Exactly. Of the fans so and the rain and the even this with and all that. of that, it's an eight minute highlight reel. Good because I got to this sixty three lap hundred lap race. And what the 6,300 lap race, but yeah. yeah. And I was, you know, I was literally going lap by lap. Sometimes I scan through quicker, like, oh, what was the exciting stuff that happened? And I was going lap by lap through this thing. Like, man, plenty of stuff. So excited. Yeah. I I really enjoyed this one. Well, so Brad May does get the win. George Gorham is second. Michael Atwell. Pretty quiet third place finish for him. He's getting kind of overlooked in in this whole deal, but he ran a True. great race, had a mm-hmm. fast car. Good to see him back out there. It's been, gosh, a year and a half since we've seen him out there. It was good to see. It's like when I when I talked to Rusty earlier in the day, I was like, so many cars did show up. He's like, oh, I think there's 16, 17, something like that. And he goes, and it's a different cast than what we had last time. And I'm like, that's a good thing. Yeah. That's a good thing. So then maybe a different mix of those same people right. so and maybe a couple others will we've show got up for a, the fourth. a pool of drivers now and you're probably going to pull 15 or so drivers from this pool and, and hope you get them all together on a good night yeah and, and i think the next two races during the regular season they're going to be just fine nobody should worry if they're going to have the car count the competition is going to be there the car count should be there as well and i think governor's cup is going to be great too because governor's cup is the championship race yeah um, you know, Brad May might go into that race with a 50-point lead, but it's still the championship race. Most of these guys are going to want to show up for it. I, I think the Governor's Cup is going to be... And we didn't run Governor's Cup last year, so it's like the red eye. That's not a get-rich race. That's not a big... It's a 50-lap race, but people wanted to come to it because we didn't race last, so much last year. So. And it's the grand finale for that asphalt. Um, yeah, it's... The, it, for uh, that... Not finale, but... Uh, right, I, there, there'll well, be like one or two other races that go on after Governor's the Governor's Cup. Cup. Yeah, well, you got Governor's Cup, then you have the Big Lee over at Freedom Factory, which can be a big deal, and then there's Snowball Derby. So it's, yeah. it's in big race season for sure, so... Yeah, but but before we tear up our, you know, half right. mile... this will be... that'll Governor's Cup will be the last race on the current surface, so to... Uh, you know, the, if yeah. it does get torn up and repaved like it's supposed to. So that's be big, too. Fair enough. I would the, love to um, see... Um, Did I understand what you just said, that Governor's Cup is the last six-pack series? Yes, that is the championship. Governor's Cup weekend will be the championship. I should have known that. It'll be the championship for the late models, for the supers, for the pros, for the modifieds, and the mod minis. So four championship races on Governor's Cup weekend. I did not, because usually we crown the champions before that, and then Governor's Cup weekend is not The six-pack races are, and that was one of the things that Rusty wanted, is Governor's Cup to have a little more... I mean, well, so, <laughs> mission accomplished. Right. You said you would love to see. Um, I would love to see the winner of the Governor's Cup get to take a backhoe. You know, if if the track is getting <laughs> repaved and dig up that oh first strip and take, yes. you know, a chunk of the asphalt home with them. Like with the Clyde trophy. Hart gets to put on the hat and, yep. and <laughs> Governor's Cup gets to tear up the track. I think that'd I be cool because that's what Jeff Gordon did when he won at Phoenix. When, oh, before they repaved okay. it, he dug up the front stretch and took the asphalt home with that's them. That's so, great. That's uh, great. You know, it makes for good promo stuff yeah um so 
the you know the track is supposed to get repaved. How many times have I used that shot of Brad May putting on the Clyde Hart and throwing his fingers? It's classic. Up? Like I mean, so, that's a classic sometimes shot. people just put the hat on. They realize they have it on backwards. They turn it yeah. around and then they pose with Holly and Jane, and that's all nice. Yeah. But and Brad put it on, and then he threw his arms up in the air for the crowd. I and that's on the old camera. And, yeah, that and was the what, old 17, tripod. 18? Yeah, yeah, I think it was 17, and I still use that shot. It's a great mm-hmm. shot. I still go back to 2016. I didn't even put the shot of, of George Spears climbing up on his super stock and throwing his arms up with the checkered flag. I didn't even put that in the original video because I learned by the time that uh, that I was editing it that he the win had been DQ'd. Mm. Nowadays, I would just include it anyway. But at the time, right, I was right. like, oh, I guess I shouldn't put the celebration because well, he didn't really get the we win. We used to get so much but, more, oh, don't include that, don't include this, that, don't that do is, this. Is, Stuff has changed over. That is very true. I I, now that you remind me, but I still had the footage, and I've gone back and used that multiple times because it's It's a a fantastic shot. Those celebrations, um, you know, I know there's controversy with Paul Kochi, but those celebrations that that Paul got, I mean, I'll continue using those because it's, um, I guess using is a cynical way to put it, but it's great footage of these people who got, you know, inspiring wins. Yeah. Absolutely. It's um, indelible moments, yeah, regardless indelible. of the, the story behind yeah. what might have happened going down the road. It's still a great moment. You can't take it away. Um, so that was the good of the night. Of course, the rain comes in. It was significant rain. And yeah, it was the right call. Yeah. So the, the race gets called. We wait a few minutes to kind of see what it's going to do. And we pretty much knew right away that it was probably going to be the end of... The, it was called the end of the super late model race right away. They said, let those guys go to tech and start getting to work. And then it wasn't five minutes later that the rest of the night was called off. As we let the dust settle and waited for management to figure out what the next step was, you and I went down to the tech shed because I, I saw Brad May's car come out of the tech shed. So I'm thinking, oh, tech is complete because you wanted to see if we go get some interviews for the videos. And I said, great idea. Well, they pushed Brad May out to push him to the other side of the tech room so all three cars could be undercover. <laughs> so we're down there and to do the interviews, and I realized, oh, they're not done with tech. So we stood down there for another, what, 20 minutes uh, at it least. It felt like 20 at least. 20 to 30 minutes. And it rained to the point where if it had rained another half an inch, it was going to flood the tech shed. Yeah. So the rain was significant, and it lasted long enough to where even if – I know pe- I know people say, oh, they didn't even try – the rain lasted long enough, and there was enough of it to where if we had resumed the the night, the late model race was already, already called. You weren't seeing any more late model racing. We would have stuck around for another three hours, maybe, Yeah. to see, and not to discount any other division, but nobody would have stuck around. People would have, drivers in the classes that hadn't raced yet would have started leaving. It was a lose-lose situation. But yeah. since, like I said earlier, those races were deemed to have a lineup. There will be double features for those classes down the road. I don't have dates yet, but it'll just be one of those. Tonight will be, you know, we'll start the night off with a super stock feature. Then we'll go into heats for the next, you know, the actual night. So the races, or the divisions that were there and that did qualify, do have a starting lineup. You'll have a double feature at some point because your event had started now. Uh, on those double feature nights, it's for those drivers, the first races for those drivers that were here that night. So um, I don't know if they'll let people tag to the rear or not. That's up to the officials, and I'm not going to comment on that because I do. they say it's for just the cars that were here, and I feel like that's the most fair thing because they ran a heat. But anyway. Um, 
we'll see how that all shakes yeah. out. I, I like I Let said on my Sunday on update, I totally sympathize with anyone, and I I haven't I'm, I don't have anyone specific in mind. I have not heard any frustrations, whatever. But if anybody is frustrated because they're like, well, on that day. I, I spent a lot of time see. preparing, yeah. and I would have waited to be able to race my race. Sure, and there's some that would have, for yeah. sure. Absolutely. Uh, I totally sympathize with that, but there have been other nights where we wait. We try to be optimistic. We try to do what's right by the drivers and the fans, and we wait for two hours, two and, and a half hours. nothing. And then we still call it because it was obvious from the get-go this rain is bad enough yeah. that we've got to call it. So I was happy just having seen enough nights like that that Rusty did say, okay, you know what, we let's let these people go. And, and I sympathize for the drivers that towed out and didn't get to race, but a heat race. I sympathize for the fans that now they got they got a quote unquote complete show. Right. And I know to some that sounds like bullshit, but in the grand scheme of things, in the policy, if you know the heats in the main event are done, it's a full show. So it is, it just doesn't look good on paper and silver lining i know the heats are early bird now as well so not everybody's shown up at that yeah, point some people probably showed up saw 63 laps of racing saw us yeah. diddle our our thumbs uh in pre-race and are yeah. pissed but you know silver lining the heats were good too heats were good yeah, yeah. i mean we had uh it was curtis robinson and matt jarrett, uh, matt jarrett um, side by side jarrett stole the position which again sunday update i said and and looking back at the footage i i said it and i was like was i overstating that and i looked back at the footage and i said nope. no i don't think so no, you weren't that might be the closest crossing the line that i've ever that reminds filmed. me of uh, i think it was wayne parker and jerry simons for second back oh. back in 2017 or 18 something like that yeah you clipped it out and put it on youtube before you even oh that's the, yeah that's yeah. right that's right um you know it's it's so close that on that gopro camera like on on the main camera there's a part of the flag stand that's like just in front of what you want to see yeah so then you look down on the on-track camera and it's so close that you almost want to say like well, is it because of the angle of the right. camera sure. that it looks like Jared sure. beat him? Like, I, it's so freaking close. Yeah, that's um, why you got to look at the paint. Yeah, so you you had that, and then you had the uh, the twenty four second. Yeah, will really coming into play uh, with the bombers. I know the the ground pounders had uh, had some issues. Couple of spins. Uh, you know, Cutter and um, who was the other the Colin Smith spun Colin out? Smith. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Couple and, spins and there, otherwise, you know, Art got back in the villain and he was blowing everybody away. Yeah. I mean, off. it's a cool looking car. So even when he's blowing people away, it's fun to watch. It's still cool. And then um, the ground pounders, I, I don't even, whatever we get from them, it's, it's bonus content yeah, for me. So yeah. it's just good having them out there. Uh, and then, you know, George performing well because George has had so many hard times. Yeah. I really like seeing when he has good times and uh competitive uh, race for second between Justin and Blake. Yeah. And Blake got him there on the last lap. Yeah. So there was good racing. That's a good point. Um, I definitely sympathize for fans who are upset about the call and, and anyone who's upset that their armbands aren't good anymore. What I can say is for the rest of June, this weekend, dad's fathers are free. And then the next week is family fun night. So for dads, I know this is now for the ladies in the crowd, but for the next month, dads, the rest of June, dads can get into the racetrack for $5. Yeah. $5. That's a pretty darn good thing. We got the early bird special. We have family fun night, $5 for everybody. So I know we people paid, you know, 15 or 20 bucks, depending on when they got there. Only got to see one race go to a, an official conclusion. Um, but the rest of the month is very cheap. 
and I, and I feel like in a way that'll make up for it a little bit. And if you come anyways, you'll get to see some double features down the road. So that's the silver lining. I know it doesn't make up for the rain out per se, but that's how I can paint it in a different, maybe more understanding picture for you. And if you're still mad about it, I sympathize with you. Yeah. Nobody just, likes a rain out. It, and it's, it's just one of those where no matter how, what way I look at it, I still personally agree with the call. Again, you you and I, uh, <laughs> however we choose to approach on any given week, how we're looking at the forecast and the radar and yeah. what we choose to trust. I mean, right up until it started to look bad, it started to look like either it was going to miss us or it was going to pass over with a little sprinkle and, you know, like, well, okay, we'll, we'll get delayed a little bit, but it's not that bad, like the same amount of delay that practice got. Um, but then it just decided to dump. Well, it's one of those situations where sometimes you look at the forecast early in the week and it changes every yeah. day. And then by the time it's race day, it's nice out. Or, it changes on the day. Right. Or it changes where it's like all week it says it's going to be good and then we get to race day and it's not. This was one of those forecasts that, no matter how much you looked at it, you still saw that potential for rain around 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock. And sure in, enough, in we June got in it. In Florida, who yep. would have thunk? Yep. So it's unfortunate. We used to get these storms, you know, between 3 and 4 o'clock. They'd blow through and then it would dry out. But now the, with the weather patterns and El Nino or La Nino, whatever it is, the one that we're <laughs> facing this year. Which is which Spanish is, for the Nino. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. <laughs> But no, it's just, it, it, it's disappointing. The, the title of this week's episode is Every Damn Time. Because every damn time that New Smyrna has a really good thing going, something happens. Whether it be uh, a fight that overshadows everything, uh, whether it be rain that, you know, wipes out a big modified race, or in this case, a big super late model race, Anytime we have momentum on our side, something stupid happens that wipes it out. So yeah, that was one of those cases every damn time. Great field of cars, a lot of energy in the race, good racing in the super lates, and the rain comes and spoils it. So what I'll say is be frustrated, be upset, but stay with us. We're, we're heading in a better direction. I mean, this season's been awesome so yeah. far. It really has. And there's been good nights, bad nights, but a lot of... I think there's only been one night where there wasn't much action, and yet the night was still great because there's yeah. good storylines, and we were out of there at, like, 9 o'clock. Yep, yeah. So Every race was good. It just didn't have, like, wild, crazy Right, nobody upside was upside down, down yeah. and, you know, uh, crashing out. But um, real quick before we end the first segment here, take our first break and talk about the NASCAR racing at Sonoma. Uh, I want to recap the finishing order here. Brad May, your winner. George Gorham, second. Michael Atwell, third. Jake Finch, fourth. First career top five at New Smyrna for Timothy Watson. Um, excuse me. Daniel Webster finished in sixth. Rich Clouser gave that 58 car a hell of a run. He was third in qualifying. Never had the track position in the race. Was always caught in the wrong line on a restart. Never had momentum to go forward. But car had speed. Uh, really helping out the John Kaufman team with is, is Rich Clouser. Um, eighth was Michael Goddard. We talked about him. Uh, like I said, he qualified fourth because he started fifth. So the speed was there. Again, I think a track position game for Michael Goddard just never had the air, never had the, the clean racetrack that he needed to prevail. Uh, we had Tim Sozio in ninth. Just good to see Tim out there with a super. Jason Vale in 10th. Just cool to see him out there as well. And then it was John Kaufman, Charlie Ayers, 
who was back there, but I think he was down a cylinder because his car spent more time on the apron of the racetrack than it did on the actual track. Did a good job getting out of the way. Always does. Always does. Got to have respect for that. And then Morgan Hoover, who I finally got a chance to talk to uh, in the bar after the race. I went up to him and said, hey, you're Morgan. He's like, yeah, yeah. And I said, thanks for coming. And he goes, you know, it's it's tough to get out here these days. I don't have any help. And uh, if anybody out there wants to help uh, just a good guy Help get his car to the racetrack. Give him a little bit of help in the pits. Morgan Hoover. Talk to him. Uh, number 39, super late. Just good to see him out there. Good guy. People um, were asking about him on the tower. Yeah. Yep. Car looks great. Uh, and then we had Brian Finney, 14th with a uh, mechanical issue. Bobby Gordon with a motor. Trent Hennick with a practice uh, crash damage. And then Bill Shea was a DNS. So um, he left before qualifying. That's two races in a row he's been a DNS. So Aww. trying to get it figured out. So good turnout. Um, and then the heat race is my last point before we take a break. Thank God for Speedway Video, if you've never heard of it. Um, if it wasn't for Speedway Video, I'd have no results for the heats because I went through my paperwork and never got results for the heats. And just before we started recording, I got a note that, um, because I went back and watched your videos and where I saw them cross the line, I put them down. Apparently, I need to fix Courtney Breeden and CJ Creech because CJ broke out twice, Courtney broke out once. So the text I got was, how can Courtney be 10th when CJ broke out twice? And I said, well, because I watched on Speedway video and I just watched the end of the race. So I got to go back and review that. I'm sorry, Courtney. I will fix it. Um, Never got uh, any official paperwork. So the good news is everything can be fixed and updated. So thanks to Speedway video, I got some sort of results up here. People are going to think I'm biased because she recently joined as a patron, or I should I should clarify the team (laughs) did. Um, So that's that's James and Courtney. Exactly. And Uh, Monica. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I've been talking about her a lot recently because the last two times she's raced, she's supposed to have had an in-car camera Uh, and then, you know, she didn't, just stuff has happened. Um, but she's got a good car. Yeah. It's just, it's too good right now. Yeah. I I feel, I felt her pain in the driver of the weekend. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, she was able to turn it into humor with the ethics line. No, she does. She's, she's good at that, but I feel her pain because she's fast. And she's got nothing really to show for it. Yeah, exactly. So you know, and and she's gotten into a couple of things. So I, yep. you know, I I don't, I don't think I mind. I don't know. No one's ever come after me for anything. So maybe <laughs> I'll end up minding. But I don't think I mind saying on here that I have heard some talk like, oh well, you know, she she always gets into other people, or oh she drives people up the track, or whatever. So uh, in certain circles, there is that reputation. But what she has proven to me this season is that she's got what it takes, and it's I, I enjoy watching her. It's going to sound biased because she's on the Patreon, but I really like watching the X car, and one of these days when she gets podium or first place or something, it's going to be a cool moment. It will be. And uh, our heat race winners from the night, uh, Dylan LeBeau back in the 75 car for the E-Mods, which was good to see. George Spears in the 23 got his heat race win. Todd Latour, back in a bomber A, got the win there. And Art Koonsman, who we mentioned, in the win in the ground pounders. So definitely a wild night. But as you can see, even though the rain, the, the night was rain-shortened, still plenty to talk about, and uh, things looking good for the Sunbelt Series. Yeah, no, it, it most of the stuff we've said is positive. I know we have to frame it the way we framed it because of the rain out and people are upset. But yeah, and, you know, some uh, of the transparency a, stuff to let everybody know, sure. you know why things seemed the way they did. Yeah. Just from the video guy's perspective, I had a real good night. I'm really happy with the footage I got. And that helps. And you got the footage out 
for everybody to see. <laughs> and hopefully that, uh, you know, it's a step in the right direction. Uh, all, the, all the late model drivers seemed, you know, happy. Yeah. Uh, seems like they want to come back. Even Timothy Watson's team, who qualified first, had to start eighth because uh, last time we had a Sunbelt race, the invert was drawn to zero. Michael Goddard qualifies first. He's on the pole. Timothy Watson, only his second or third time out here, and he qualifies pole. And then he's told, you know, as they're rolling out of the track, no, you're starting eighth. And he's like, what the fuck? What do you mean I qualified on the pole? Yeah. I noticed that uh, they didn't line up in starting order. Right. And I was like, oh, so I don't know. There yeah. was some confusion there, but that, then again, I can say, well, you can tell who never read the general rules and the procedures before they came to the racetrack. It, but you know what I liked about it? I heard them talking to the race director. How it feels like we got fucked over tonight. We got screwed over. And then he goes, but you know what? We'll be back because we're racers. And uh, we just don't, you know, we've been to other tracks and we see how they do it. And we got caught off guard tonight. We think it's bullshit, but we'll be back because we're racers. And I went in, I talked to Timothy and I said, hey, you know, I know you guys are, you guys feel the way you do right now. But from the announcer, from what it's worth, Thought you guys did great. It was good to see you fast. You know, you set fast time and all that. And he goes, oh, we, we love it here. This place is a challenge. So um, they'll be back. It's just, he he showed know. it on the track. Yep. The video proves it. And uh, so, sorry for pulling that chip, Timmy. Yeah, that was me. I, yeah. <laughs> That's what I told him. I was like, look, you know, I'm the announcer. I'm up in the tower. I saw the whole process go down. So I can assure you, you weren't screwed over. It's just, it's in the rules. It was done the way we had to do it with the rain tonight. And, um, yeah, yep. but, you know, you heard it. I dug my time. hand in that bag and then I ended up like I, I grabbed several, pulled my hand up, let some fall away. I, and I ended up with two sandwiched between my thumb and forefinger yep. and I was sliding them back and forth. Like, which, which one, one do it? I like better? Which one do I like better? And I don't remember which one I picked, but it was the one but that Timmy did not like. Right. <laughs> so there you go. The full story, the full transparency of the night. Um, thanks to everybody that did come out and sorry for those of you who, I left with a bit of a sour taste in your mouth, but hopefully you're able to appreciate what you did see. And we'll move forward with the next one. We have the modified 75 this week. Dads are free. Um, I, I like the car this week. Modifieds, bomber bees, um, sportsmen. Mm-hmm. Be good to see the sportsmen again. And 602s. Oh, yeah, that'll so, be good. Solid divisions. Uh, one qualify, three heats, features. Should be good. Fantastic. And if Lester comes out, Good That's I, I I will admit that I'm really crossing my fingers for that to to add some excitement. I, to the I race. am too, just because he makes uh, whether you love him or hate him, he's like Kyle Busch. He makes it exciting. So yeah, we're gonna take our first commercial break here. On the other side, we'll be back to talk about NASCAR at Sonoma. We're gonna take a quick moment here and thank some of our great sponsors with the Racing with Ryan podcast, including American Auto Tires in Service, located at 1523 South Dixie Freeway. In New Smyrna Beach, Florida, you can give them a call at 386-428-1941. Of course, that is EJ's company. And if you need anything done, tires, service, you name it, they have you covered. So make sure you stop into American Auto. Or, of course, you can always get with EJ if you're at New Smyrna. Uh, he, you can find him pretty easily in the tire room or driving the pace car. They have all kinds of great deals. Um, look, I'm in the market for some tires. I'm going to be stopping in there in the next couple of months and getting my tires down there because I wouldn't trust anybody else because I know EJ is going to take care of us. They offer everything from free visual AC checks, tires, maintenance, repairs, any kind of service you need. They even have wheels. So American Auto Tires and Service, your one-stop shop in the New Smyrna area for anything that you need done. 
So make sure you check them out again. 1523 South Dixie Freeway in New Smyrna, New Smyrna Beach, 386-428-1941. Stop in and see your friends at American Auto. We also thank DeBerry Paint and Body for coming on board as a sponsor. Uh, of course, that is the two Manellos. So let's just say you get into a little bit of a fender bender and you don't want to go through your insurance because you know they're probably going to hike up your rates and you're going to pay for a deductible and you're still going to have to pay for all this stuff. Make sure you check out DeBerry Paint and Body because they will go ahead and handle that for you. If you got a scuffed up fender, if you got some dents in a bumper, if you got a door that needs replaced, DeBerry Paint and Body will take care of all of that. Um, they are open until about 6 o'clock each day, and you can get in touch with them by giving them a call at 386-320-0267, and they're located at 400 Chairman Court, Suite 200 in DeBerry, Florida, 32713. And again, their hours are typically 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. on the weekdays and 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Saturdays because, you know, they got to get out to the racetrack and whatnot. So uh, if you need any body work done, paint, body, whatever you need, Make sure you check out DeBerry Paint and Body. We also thank our good buddy, Mr. Andy Morrison with Never Give Up. Andy's always at the New Smyrna Speedway supporting our racers and even supporting the little ones over at the little New Smyrna Speedway for the quarter midget racing. You can typically find Andy Friday and Saturday at the New Smyrna Speedway. He has some great items for sale, and sometimes he gives those items away. He's got all kinds of great things for his, um, for his company, Never Give Up. He's got plaques, he's got hats, he's got stickers. I know a lot of the Bomber guys run the Never Give Up sticker on their car. And, and really, I think everybody could could use that message these days. Never give up, keep doing you, and keep supporting what you love, just like Andy does. And we appreciate his support here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. We also thank Hank Baker for coming on board as a supporter here with the show. Um, he'll be on for the next, uh, next handful of episodes, and we really appreciate him. Really great guy. Uh, we miss him in the pit area this year, but uh, if you see Hank, talk with him. He's, he's got some uh, some great racing knowledge, and it's always a pleasure to be around. We also thank Bromley Motorsports for coming on board as a sponsor here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. Of course, you can primarily find the Bromleys running at New Smyrna Speedway. They have a couple of Bomber Bs, the six machines out there for Bromley Motorsports, and they have some pro trucks that they run occasionally as well. Sometimes you can find them out at the dirt tracks having a little bit of fun as well. But we appreciate Bromley Motorsports for coming on board to support the show. So make sure you check them out next time you're at the New Smyrna Speedway. We also thank Jeff White Racing for coming back on board as a sponsor here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. Of course, Jeff White Racing can be found bouncing between the Auburndale Speedway and the New Smyrna Speedway. Jeffrey White, driver of the 41 EMOD slash AMOD, has been one of the dominant forces so if you're looking to get on board with a good racing team, make sure you check out Jeff White Racing and check them out at the Bullring at Auburdale and the big track over at the New Smyrna Speedway. We thank them for coming back on board and supporting the show. We appreciate everybody's support. And again, if you'd like to come on board as an anchor sponsor, um, you can do that. If you'd like to just be a supporter like our friends Hank and, and Ken, Doug, Fast Cracker Racing, Andy, you name it. Uh, you can do that too. We charge just $5 an episode. The amount of episodes is up to you. You can do a year. You can do 10 episodes. You can do one. It all helps, and we appreciate it greatly. Thank you guys for your support, and we'll let you get back to the show. All right, welcome back to the show. Going to take a few moments here and talk about the weekend that was Sonoma for the NASCAR Cup Series. Um, Tom, I know 
you do not follow the NASCAR Cup Series, but you did watch the highlight reel. And I put highlights in quotes because when, when I asked if you wanted to come over, um, you're like, any highlights I should watch, anything like this? I'm like, well, I'm going to send him the, <laughs> what they call the extended highlights. The uh, extended highlights, yes, yeah. Um, that way you did have an idea of what we're talking about here. And we'll make the uh, the last two segments of this one uh, short and sweet. We'll cover things and talk about it, but uh, just not the best race at Sonoma for the Cup Series this week. I yeah. definitely was going to ask you, like, is this what road courses are always like? Like, was you know, this good relative to other Sonoma races? No. it. it honestly, Sonoma has become one of the more tame tracks because there's a lot of runoff. So if they do get out of shape, they've got all that grass they can go off. So it doesn't, there's not a lot of cautions because you could spin out, be out of the way, and keep going. So th- there was uh, there was enough spins in the race to where you could have had on a normal race six or seven cautions because on the ovals when they spin out they just they throw the caution right away on the road courses they let you there's enough time between the leaders getting there to where they kind of let you get refired up and go so this race only had two cautions one was for a tire that got away in a round of pit stops so that's one of the big things people are talking about um one of the oh excuse me one of the big changes with the road course races this year are when the stage ends, they don't throw the yellow flag anymore for the road courses. They let the, the stage finish and they give the points as the people cross the line. Which I, I'm a fan of because I like the race to play out naturally. And it allowed this race to have a little bit of strategy. So my question to you is, <laughs> if there's a tire on pit road and there's a wall on pit road where the tire is not going to go over that wall and get into the racing groove do you feel like they should have held off on the caution just waited for it to be clear and retrieved the tire or do you think the caution was warranted in that situation it depends on what was happening at that moment maybe that's hard to say um like how much of a danger was it actually posing for someone to go retrieve it. I think the thing is they look at like a tire like that as a, a big safety issue. You, the minute you let somebody go on that track is when yeah. somebody, or not on the track, but out across pit road to the outer wall is when somebody comes on pit road with an issue and they have to be on pit road and they and don't know this guy is on pit in the road. Way. Yeah, or a guy trying to get the tire, or right. you know, a person, yeah. It's, it's always been, if a tire gets so far away to where it's potentially a nuisance they will throw a caution even on the ovals if the tire rolls away into the infield grass but a car could spin and then shoot that tire as a projectile and like we said earlier like if you don't enforce the rules or if you don't have rules um or in this case don't enforce them then stuff starts to get sloppy so sometimes it becomes you know i i like in life i am a spirit of the law person but sometimes in organized situations you have to go by the letter of the law because you just have to maintain that consistency you know even if it's not posing a danger you still have to go by it because that's the rule and how different is that from the ground pounder heat race when scott cutter basically got out of everybody's way right but we still had to call the caution because he didn't make it all the way into the pits before his car gave up on it's like i told jeremy 
if we had gone one more lap, somebody would have spun out off turn number two and hit him <laughs> and flown into the air and destroyed Scott Cutter's car and killed somebody. Yeah, so, so that's a good point. I mean, let's say that NASCAR is like, okay, the tire's on pit road. Nobody's on the pits. You know what, crew member? Go out and get that tire. Then here comes, you know, Bobby Jr. with a flat tire and he comes storming down pit road and hits said crew member because he has no idea he's trying to retrieve said tire. Or more realistically, everything goes fine at Sonoma. But two weeks from now, similar thing happens, and they're like, oh, well, at Sonoma it was fine, right. so I'm going to go now, and, and then, then it goes right. down. So then here comes Bobby Jr. and plows over. Yeah. So I, I know Poor that— old Bobby Jr. That kind of ruined that kind of cycle of pit stops and put everybody kind of on the same strategy. Um, but then later in the race, there's about 15 laps or— 15 laps to go. I think you saw this one. The 11 car hit the inside wall and hit the outside wall. The most wall. excited the commentators yeah. got all night. Yeah, they're like, oh my God, something happened. Yeah. And I remember, um, <laughs> you know, I was watching the race. My aunt was here. So I watched the race in bits and pieces because I watched the beginning. Then we went out and did something. Then I came back, watched some. Then I helped with a few I think that's things. what the drivers were doing too. Yeah, I think so because it just wasn't that action packed. But Hamlin, the pole sitter, led the first part of the race, won the first stage. He hit the wall, crashed out. And that was the only, like, incident for contact. Everything else was, you know, there was a few spins, especially towards the end, but it just last year's race, very lackluster, too. It just, it had a first-time winner, so that kind of erased some of the, well, that was boring, because everyone's like, oh, that's so exciting to see this guy finally win. This year, it was like, I feel like everybody kind of knew Martin Truex was going to win that race. Um, he had the fastest car. Even when strategy put him behind the eight ball, he was able to charge through the field. Get and to the do you lead. feel like that tire situation changed Truex's chances? The tire situation happening um, when it did kind of flipped the second stage because it allowed Kyle Busch to win the second stage, and he didn't really... He ended up getting track position in that moment that he ended up keeping the rest of the race. So it worked out in his favor for sure. Because with the way the road courses go, it's all about when you pit, when the cautions come out, and the big problem with the stages, everybody knew when the cautions were going to come out. So by taking that away, it puts a little more guesswork into the strategy. But what basically what you want to have happen is you want to pit and then have a caution come out immediately. Because then all the cars still on track have to pit and they're behind you because the track is so big you don't lose a lap. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. I think so, I've seen that in a couple of the Tour Mod races. Yeah, yeah, yeah that kind of stuff can happen in the, in that situation. So, and, th and that's what won Kyle Busch the second stage. He didn't, he had a good car, but he didn't have the best car in traffic. So when he was out in front, he was able to hang onto that track position and finish second after winning the week before. So he's, you know, he's kind of on a, on a good path here. But Martin Truex uh, in Toyota, back on track on the road right. courses. Yeah, it was rigged. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I saw one video on YouTube. Toyota, first Toyota. Dead last. It's like, <laughs> well, somebody's got to finish first, and somebody's got to finish last. But um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the most exciting race. Um, this car, the, this new generation car on the road courses and the short tracks, has not performed to the level that people want. And the reason I believe why is this car was built with road courses in mind. We have six of them on the schedule now. This car is more or less a sports car built for NASCAR racing, whereas the old cars were a car built for the oval tracks. And what is the reason for that? Is it 
something to do with the consumer end, something about putting the brands on, I don't know, something that, that shows up at the car dealership with, with average people buying cars, or is that that the road courses get more ratings on TV? Actually, the, the road courses have been one of the worst rated races in the last couple of years. Um, the reason for this new car is the guy who's in charge of NASCAR came from the sports car world. So when they went to build this new chassis, they went to build a chassis that could be suitable to race at all tracks. So they took, you know, hey, we have this many of this kind of race, this many of this kind of race, this many of this kind of race, and this many of this kind of race. And they tried to build one chassis that would work for all. And the way it works now, the teams no longer build their build the cars. All the parts are from third-party supplied sources. Right. They order the parts, and they assemble the cars like a Lego kit. Right. Okay? Uh, as Kyle Busch famously said, all the cars are the same. We buy them at Walmart. Yeah. So, Because, um, you know, Kyle Busch. So they, given where the leadership came from and his ideology of racing, this car, well, it still looks like, you know, you can tell the Toyota is a Toyota Camry and – you know, well, it's a race car. You can, it looks like a Toyota Camry. The the Ford Mustang looks like a Ford Mustang. They need it to for right. you know, or exactly else Ford because is not going to be happy. And, right, you want when a Chevrolet wins. The idea is win on Monday or win on Sunday, sell on Monday. Yes, so exactly. that ide- ideology is still there. Now we all know that these are purpose built race cars. It is not a Chevy Camaro that you go buy at the dealership that you go race at the track. It is a purpose built race car that has racing elements to it it has things that you're not going to find on your passenger car the idea of this new car let's now up front the costs were a lot because it's a brand new car everybody's got to build a new fleet of cars the idea is if you wreck the back of the car you just put a new back section on and you're good to go if you wreck the front of the car you put a new front section on you're good to go and then you can take the car that you raced at sonoma and go race it in two weeks at nashville if you know if it works out in the rotation. Just like change the angle of the tires. Right, and and the things that they are allowed to do are so minimal that every car can work. And, you know, there might be a different spoiler package for this track, but that's just you change the the blade on the back of the car, you change the splitter on the front of the car, and you go race. So the idea is let's have one general car and a couple of different bolt-on packages for aerodynamics that work better at certain tracks. But right now, the car is not working very well at the two kinds of tracks where the last generation of car worked well. So now the racing that is good is the racing that for so long has sucked. So there's less of it. <laughs> and now there's more of these road courses. So is there recognition of that? Do you yes. feel from the there, top? There is because this year they made a big change with the package for short tracks and road courses. Okay. But as the teams are saying, and those involved with the teams are saying every week, they learn how to get more out of what they have. So as time goes on, they've learned more about these cars and they've learned how to apply different things to get more downforce, to get the cars to handle better. So where last year, everybody was on more of the same playing field. Now the big teams, they figured out little things, little things to get an extra 10th of a second, little things here, a little more downforce here. So the more time goes, the better the teams get with the car the worse the racing gets. Because the better the car handles, the better the car is for the driver, 
the worse it is for us fans because what's good for the driver and what's good for them being comfortable isn't good for racing. Yeah, that makes sense. If that makes sense. That does. Yep, absolutely. Now, it's. I'm not saying that there hasn't been races in the past that have been just completely boring just because one week somebody hits on the setup and whoops everybody's ass. That kind of thing happens. But in general, the road course racing has not been good. In general, the short track racing has not been good. But then we go to these mile-and-a-half tracks, and everybody's like, oh, my God, that was, like, the greatest race we've ever seen. Mind-blown, this car is great. And then we go to these tracks, and it's like, this car sucks. So still a work in progress. I call it a failure on the short tracks and the road courses because it should, should be better. But then again, if you build one car and you think it's going to work at, you know, four or five different styles of tracks – it's likely going to have flaws somewhere, and we found the flaws. And there, of course, there's tradition involved in this that I may or may not be sure. like. I used to live in Homestead, so there's at least some level of it that I'm that I'm aware of, but uh, a lot of it that that I'm not. I used to live in Homestead, now work very close to Daytona. Yeah, funny <laughs> enough, to think right? of it. But um, when I watched this highlight package, the weirdest thing, but possibly the most substantial thing that occurred to me was, wait a second, is the sport that this most reminds me of golf? Because everybody's playing with the same clubs. Everybody's playing with the same balls, depending on who sponsors the match. What do you call golf matches? Whatever. Turn, yeah, whatever the opens. Yep. But it's always different courses. And like the when you go to the and I don't know golf well enough to remember what, you know, but when you go to the course that they have in in I don't know, name a random place. They, you know, in that place, it's different than the course that they have in another place at another resort yeah. or whatever. Yep. So it made me wonder, like, is this it's completely different pace? like opposite ends of the spectrum as far as pace, but right, are they the, really that similar? The races that we've watched have all been on ovals together. And so. I'm sure that if you're a hardcore golf fan, there's going to be, you know, people who really love certain types of courses, yep. but then, oh, but now they're going to that I don't like course over in whatever, and yep. this one's going to be boring. Should there be more consistency? Should they Should they change the car and or... Should they, and again, I know there's tradition. I'm sure this Sonoma race has a lot of tradition behind it and a lot of people would lament losing that track. But if it's been a boring race with the direction that they want to take the NASCAR series, should a change be made? Well, that's a good point. Uh, There are people saying, well, Sonoma should be off the schedule. It's been boring lately. Back in the day with NASCAR, since about 1990. There's, there was two road courses. There was Sonoma and Watkins Glen. So Sonoma, California, Watkins Glen, New York. Those are the only two road courses until 2017. They turned the Charlotte Oval, because that race had become stale, into... They, they started running the infield portion of the track and made it a roval. So you went around the outside of the racetrack, but then you cut into the infield and did a couple swoop I remember and you telling out. me about that, And it that, was yeah. a huge success because it was one of the craziest finishes ever. So everyone was like, this is it! <laughs> this is what NASCAR needs! More road courses! So the next couple of years, they added this track, and they added this track. So now there's six of them. And you have a 36-race schedule, so six road course races. Okay. 
that, that's fair. You got six road courses, six short tracks, six uh, drafting style Daytona style tracks or races because you got Daytona, Talladega, Atlanta. Um, and then you've got a plethora of mile and a half. You've got six short tracks. You've got, you know, four or five different flat tracks. So you've got a good variety. So NASCAR went and built a schedule that had good, equal variety. But now we're starting to see where a built-for-all car doesn't work on certain styles of tracks. And it's the, the flatter, slower uh, tracks that don't have a lot of banking. When, when you have a lot of banking and the speed and the momentum is, is more consistent, you get a little bit, be- little bit better racing. Now, there are still flaws with this particular car on the other tracks, but there were flaws with the last generation that were even worse. Right. That people were like, this car sucks. And now people look at this thing and they're like, well, this car sucks. Even though it's good here, it sucks here. Or even when it's good, it still sucks because of this. You, you can nit- nitpick anything. But this particular race just, and some races have just been so bad they're good if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Just a bunch of crazy bull crap. This one just, it was calm. The race played out naturally. There wasn't a bunch of crashes at the end, a bunch of restarts. So pretty much the fastest car won this race. So you can't take that away from it. It just wasn't like, you know, as far as the highlights go, the extended highlights were only 10 minutes long. When you sent me the file and I was like, 10 minutes extended, huh? Yeah. And I got to the end of the file and I was like, that felt like 30 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, if Denny Hamlin hadn't wrecked out, there'd be there would be, be no wreck at all. Um, so Denny Hamlin gets the win. Kyle Busch comes home second. Joe Logano third. Chris Buescher, great run for him in fourth. Uh, one of his best runs of the season. Then Chase Elliott fifth. A.J. Allmendinger. The problem with fourth, fifth, and sixth, all those guys need to win to make the playoffs, and they did not. Uh, same could be said for seventh place, Michael McDowell. Kyle Larson. Always hanging around. He was an eighth. Ninth was Christopher Bell. Ross Chastain with a top 10. Um, he's been quiet lately. And we'll talk about the power rankings here in a little bit because power rankings is going to get mixed up a little bit because some drivers that I thought would run well in this race did not and others that I didn't really think would run well in this race did. Um, it, it's too bad that uh, the race wasn't good with this car at Sonoma for the second year in a row. Um. I think it's time to maybe cut the road courses down to five a year. I would say five. I don't want to cut it any lower than that because I like the variety. Yeah. Maybe just keep working on the package. Yeah, I, I I can at least vouch for the variety. Yeah. Which, you know, back in the day, it was like you had four short tracks, you had two road courses, and then everything else was on the mile-and-a-half tracks. And it just yeah. became like the same thing week in and week out. It's just novel to see them... Uh, Drift is drifting, yeah. Drifting, you said drafting, and I drafting, yeah, yeah. no, like drifting around the rumble strips. And then that's ooh, cool. one car that's cool when they get up and goes air. into the grass, and you're yep. like, Ooh, that guy didn't quite hit it. Yep. Yeah, okay, so that, there's see, at least that. Now, that's what's fun about the road courses is they don't always hit it perfectly every time, yeah. so they and, and that's the appeal. But with this car, like back in the day when you got out of shape, you paid for it, but mm-hmm. now with the extra gear in the car. You just shift down, you grab a different gear, and you go. You can recover so much quicker. Yeah, and even me not knowing anything about cars, I can see them doing right. that around the sharp turns yep. in particular, and I'm just like, oh, okay, this is different from the NASCAR I'm used to watching. Right, because back in the day, used to, back in the day, the cars were not built at all for road courses, so they were driving these big, heavy things yeah. and wrestling them. Now they're more built 
for this kind of thing. It's like when so the big smooth. show qualifies for a Money in the Bank ladder match, and you're like, how is he even going to climb the ladder? He can't <laughs> climb a ladder because I'm half his size and I can't climb a ladder. So, yeah. So, kind of a disappointing way to end the NASCAR on Fox season, but it's another race in the NASCAR books, and Martin Truex gets his second one of the year. Did not win it all last year. So, glad to see a driver that I've always been a fan of having a pretty good season. So, I did score the race, as I normally do. So let me pull that up here and let you know uh, how I scored this thing. I gave the racing... I'm going to let you guess. What do you think I gave the racing on a scale of 10? I was sitting here actively Uh thinking, like, is uh he going to have me do the guessing game? Do the guessing thing. I do that to Kenny all the time, too. All right, so so. this is the excitement factor? Uh, Racing. The The, the, the racing. Racing on a scale of 1 to 10. Oh, with how intuitively you think about this stuff. Mm. Um, A 4.3. A two. I gave it a two. Oh, I, okay. I do whole numbers, whole numbers okay. on the uh, <laughs> okay. on the score. Um, and then the average, you know, I let that play out naturally. Uh, excitement <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, what do you think I gave it? I mean, if you gave the racing a two, oh my goodness, is the is the excitement going to be a one? Nah, it's a little bit higher. Oh, all right. A four? A four, yeah. Okay. But why did I give it a four? Um... I liked watching Good Denny Hamlin angles. crash. Okay. I, it's like you said, I like watching the cars like when they go over the rumble strips and they kind of yeah. bounce up in the air and just it's more it, it's it's a more exciting, boring race than just a, an oval <laughs> where they keep going left and nothing happens. Yeah. Um, the finish I gave a two because Martin Truex had the race one. I mean, it wasn't even close at the end. Yeah. Um, lead changes because uh, I used a metric for that. It scored an eight. I think it had 10 lead changes. Let me double check that. Lead changes, yes. 10 lead changes on the, the road course scale is an eight. And then enjoyment, right down the middle. I went five. Yeah. Uh, Martin Truex won. I'm a fan of him. Like I said, I I, I score these, you know, with, with some passion involved. Sure. Uh, and I'm a Martin Truex Jr. fan. If, you know, Denny Hamlin or Kyle Larson or Kyle Busch had won, enjoyment, probably a one. But I like Martin Truex, so I enjoyed watching him win. So, overall, this race scores a 4.2. Definitely one of the lower ones. But one I look of back, the lower ones. I look back last year, and uh, when, when Suarez won last year, very exciting for him to get his first win. Mexican-born driver gets his first win in NASCAR. Very cool. Good for the diversity of the sport. Um, I, I think I scored this race about a 5, maybe a 5.5 last year. So, um I, I feel like this race was better than last year. More happened, but it was still just kind of blah. So not the best uh, not the best race. And that brings our overall season average down to a 6.71. So a solid D plus. Yeah. So this season has had its moments after the excitement of last year with the new car. I think what made last year so exciting is everybody had the same stuff. Nobody could build their own stuff. Everybody was figuring it out at the same rate now we're starting to see where the big teams that have the money, the engineering, they're able to figure it out bit by bit more and more. So the big teams are reigning supreme once again. Gibbs, Hendrick, Penske always seem to win. Um, not as many surprises as last year. Um, some races have been really good, and then others have been really bad. So um, I, I think a, a, a 6.7 is, is a pretty fair score for what we've seen this year. And uh, we got a week off, no NASCAR at all, no Xfinity, no trucks, no Cup Series. 
They get their one and only off week, and then it is 20 straight races from the next week on to the end of the year. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So they get All right. NASCAR gets one off week. How when are the playoffs? So we are 16 races in. Uh, playoffs are uh, it's a 26 race regular season and a 10 race playoff. And four through six at this rate, at the, at this race, already are out of the race. Did I understand nobody, what you said there correctly? Nobody is out. So there have been, because I know you don't follow this. There there have been ten dry, ten different winners this year. If you win a race and you're a full time points scoring competitor, you are eligible for the playoffs. Oh. So if you win a race, you're in the playoffs. There's 16 spots to fill. Okay. The only way you wouldn't be in the playoffs if you win a race is if there's 17 winners and you're the lowest in points. So the way it works is the 10 winners are locked into the playoffs, and then we fill in the other remaining spots by who's up in the points. So the drivers that I mentioned, you know, A.J. Allmendinger, Michael McDowell, Chase Elliott, they are not in a points position that would get them in the playoffs right now. So they would have to win a race to leapfrog their way into the into the playoffs. Okay, and you're explaining that to me. Hopefully, this is helpful information for some listeners out there. Yeah, yeah. The the and the reason I can talk about this is we have ten winners. We have ten races to go. There's six spots left now. Gotcha. I don't think last year we had a bunch of new winners. We had different winners, and it was like, oh my god. Somebody, we're going to have more winners than there are spots for, and somebody's going to miss the playoffs. We ended up at the regular season with 16 different winners. One driver unfortunately got hurt that had won a race and has not raced since, a career-ending injury for Kurt Busch. So that at Daytona, the last race of the season, it came down to two drivers that there was then 14 winners and two spots open. Ryan Blaney and Martin Truex had not won a race, but they had enough points to be in. But then in that last race of the, of the regular season, a driver who had not win won at Daytona. So that gave us 15 qualified winners and only one spot for the points. So the driver last year that had the fourth most points in the regular season did not make the playoffs. Man, that you is, NASCAR fans really love math. Yeah. And numbers and stats <laughs> and wins. And, so it was, last year was unprecedented. This year, okay, we've got 10 winners. We've got... 10 races to go. So, yeah, theoretically, you could have 10 different winners, sure. Yeah. But in all likelihood, you might get there's, – there's two or three drivers that I look at that I haven't won yet that I really think will win. But we have to wait and see. So that's, gotcha. that's part of the intrigue of the NASCAR season to me is this playoff format. A lot of people don't like it because it's way against tradition. It used to be most points out of 36 races won. Now it's – well, you got to make the playoffs, and then you got to survive this round, and then you got to survive this round, and you got to make it to the final four, and you got to be the best of the final four. It's convoluted, sure, but I love that a guy who just uh, crashed out two weeks ago and got a concussion could still make the playoffs because yeah. he could win a race. I, I like that uh, in theory. Yeah. And what came first, the playoffs or the stages? They came at the same. Well, the the playoffs came first. They used to have uh, what they called the chase. Mm -hmm. And then they brought in the playoffs around 2017 to break up. The racing kind of became monotonous, and they added the stages to make those parts of the race where they go yellow and, and have a built-in caution for television yeah. and break it up. Give. I love the stages. I love paying the points out at a certain race. Like, you've got something at the first third of the race to race for. You've got second something at the second third of the race to race for. And then you've got the actual race win right. to race for. Yeah. 
It's almost like a sponsored, like, oh, at at the thirty third lap, whoever's in right. third place is going to get an extra hundred bucks from Sorry Charlie's. As I've seen the racing go, I just don't think the caution is needed. Just like they do at the road courses yeah. now. At yeah. lap sixty, score the points mm-hmm. and keep racing. Mm-hmm. Don't throw a caution. Just score the points. Okay, you finished tenth. You came across line tenth. Keep going. And year to year, they figure out what works in the balance between the actual sport of the sport yep. and how much money they're making off of the commercials that they get sure. to show. And, and the whole idea, you know, the stage is, well, now you'll see more green flag racing. We don't. We see the same amount of green flag <laughs> racing. Now they just know when the cautions are going to yeah. fly so they can plan the commercials around it. it and know, we still see just as much racing. This so. whole time, you know that my big frame of reference with anything sporting wrestling. is wrestling. Yeah. Which, yes, some people are going to cringe at my using the word sporting in that. But, you know, uh, I... Entertainment. Yeah. Sports entertainment. And the whole this whole time I've been trying to make the comparison. I guess I threw in the big show thing. But nothing has really correlated. I was even... When, you, when, uh, when we were talking about tradition and events that have kind of fallen out of favor, I was thinking about making a Survivor Series comparison because that's WWE's oldest uh, branded That's kind of how event. the playoffs work. But, it's like a 10-week yeah. Survivor Series. Yeah. They cut out the back half of the field every But every these days, races. like, you don't even get the Survivor Series yeah. matches any, yeah. anymore. And when you really look at it, only the first two Survivor Series events had them because pay-per-view format was different than yeah. the way the business yeah. worked was different then. But what I'm getting at is that Everything this was evolves. the first time where I was like, oh, there actually is a correlation here because nowadays in the era when they take commercial breaks during the matches, there's always a spot where somebody gets thrown out of the ring and the and commentary goes, oh my gosh, can Ricochet get back in it against Bronson Reed? And that's when you know they're going to commercial. Yeah. And yeah. then the referee like signals to them, hey, we're on break. And they've been trained how to count out the minutes and everything. So then they'll go into rest holds. Like Bronson Reed will just have like a headlock on Ricochet <laughs> for two minutes. A nerve pinch. And then the... <laughs> Um, and hey, you know, if anybody's ever listened to my wrestling podcast, they know that I am not the, Davey I am not an advocate. Boy Smith, chin log. <laughs> wow, that's a throwback. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching a lot of, um, uh, oh, what's that guy's wrestling channel? Um, he does the oh, re- Reliving like the War. Lamia. Nah, eh. Um, who's the guy that does uh, Reliving the War? Hang on. Reliving the War? Yes. He he recap every week he releases a oh. the Monday Night Wars. He recaps both Raw and Nitro and scores them. You're not talking about Russo, are you? No, no. Okay. Um but oh, while man. while you're looking that up, yeah. um yeah, if anybody's ever res- listened to my uh wrestling podca- podcasts or oh, wrestling or bios. Wrestling bios wrestling is bios. the best wrestling channel on YouTube. Okay, that's not one that's crossed my path, so you I'll have to check it out. That's good. Um good. but yeah, you like I am an advocate of the bear hug and the nerve pinch. And like, I hate the modern wrestling where everybody's got to do triple flips and do dangerous crap. I I am always advocating for a, well, whatever. I don't need to go off on that tangent. Um, But there's definitely the point in WWE television episodes where the referee says, okay, we're in commercial. So then they do less for two minutes. The thing that's nice about wrestling is like their matches are more or less scripted out by the minute. And I think those listening to this podcast know the, the moves hurt. It's it's real, but yeah. it's also, you know, it's a scripted thing. So they can script, okay, we're at commercial. Do yeah. the rest holds, do the this. 
the thing about NASCAR is they go to commercial and you're missing you're, yeah, X amount they still of gotta actual be racing action. Hard. And yeah. nine times out of ten, they go to commercial and something major happens and we missed uh, it. And it's yeah. frustrating because they yeah. there's a lot of commercial. It's a live sporting event. Mm-hmm. It's not like football where they score a touchdown and they have five minutes between possessions just naturally yeah. so they can do natural commercials that's, and you don't miss anything. That's one of the reasons why football is the American sport. Yeah. It, like, what, that, and and that, same with baseball. Yeah. The innings built in, there's mm-hmm. time in between. You don't miss now, live action. Of course, this is just me, the idiot savant, trying to figure out NASCAR in a segment that's supposed to be about a specific NASCAR race, but does that go back to when it started to get televised in the 60s? Like, would they show the full race and just the sponsorship deals would pay for all you, of it? You know, I, it makes me want to go back and watch the 79-500 again and see where the commercials were put yeah. in because that, that's a good question. So curious about because, like, I remember uh, this is such a weird, maybe esoteric uh, point of reference, but, like, I remember watching old, old game shows and, like, like uh, Groucho. Ho- Groucho well, Marx. Well, they're cut up so differently now because so the commercials back in the day were like one at 15 and one at the end. You, you would They would do that, and then in this specific case that I'm thinking of, and maybe they weren't all like this, but this is just one that I'm familiar with, Groucho Marx infamously hosted You Bet Your Life, but he didn't call it You Bet Your Life. You knew it was your bet, you, you Bet Your Life, but he would say, welcome to Plymouth Dealers, because Plymouth ah. Dealers was the sponsor of the show, and when they would do a commercial... It was Groucho talking about Plymouth dealers or like an animated Groucho talk, like in a Plymouth car. And you wouldn't feel like you weren't watching the show anymore. It felt like it was still part of it. So, well, I wonder. I mean, I know the TV landscape has changed because when yeah. I was a kid, I would watch an episode of Rugrats or something. And you would get a 12, epi- or 12 minute or so episode of Rugrats yes. and then like a three minute commercial and then another 12 minute episode of Rugrats to fill that half an hour time slot. And that still exists, but like only in children's programming. Right. But now in children's programming, you get like seven and a half minutes because I've been watching a lot of Bluey lately. Yeah. I, mean, I you, Adventure Time is the one that's always on in our household and that's and, an and, 11 and minute now it's, episode. It's, it's, yeah, 11 minutes or, you know, I'll get like a... Seven and a half minute episode of Bluey, a commercial, a seven and a half minute episode, a commercial, and then like a bunch of bullshit at the end. Like Mickey Mouse comes on and sings a song, and it's like, what is this? What? Like it, cable TV, you pay. What I've learned about cable TV, and we'll go to the third segment here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you pay your service provider all this money to be able to get the service. And then all these commercials are paying the channel. All this money to do their cha- their, to do their commercials. So you're yeah. paying all this money, and then just there's to a get, local market on top of it, right? Which those local channels, like even on an event that wants to go commercial free, if you're on like an over the air channel, they have to have x minute yep. x amount of local program programming commercials. That's yeah. like law or whatever. It it's crazy. Everything's commercials. So I'll tell you, the only reason I have cable anymore is because Spectrum has convinced me that including cable in my package gets me discounts on my mobile and my internet that outweigh the expense of the cable. So every time I think I need to cancel this because all I watch is Monday Night Raw and I could get SmackDown over the air on Fox, I tell myself, wait, oh, and NXT. Um, I'm like, oh, which is the primary uh, brand that I cover on my podcast, so I should remember it. But I'm like, well, I talk myself right back out of it because they tell me that the price would be different. But I'm also not the one on the other side of the counter 
you know, looking at the... Uh, well, when you do decide to cancel and you just want to get a streaming service, YouTube TV yeah. is what I use. And I remember I, I had a login from a friend who was like, oh, he, he was over here a lot. Just like, oh, just use my login. And then he stopped paying for his, so we lost it. And I'm like, all right, I'll pay for the one month of $14.99, the free, you know, the first trial month. And then I'm just like, this is too good. I have to have this, especially with a kid. Like, I've got to have TV that I don't have to worry about finding them something to watch every yeah. five minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. For a while, I was anti-TV. I was over the air or I'll stream it illegally. I don't care. But now I'm in a better place. I can... Can afford it, but YouTube TV is where it's at, and uh, hopefully they sponsor this podcast after all this good talk about them. There we go. We're gonna take our uh, last commercial break here. We'll come back on the other side quickly. We'll give you updated power rankings. We'll go around the state and uh, fantasy stuff, and then we'll let you go. Hey everyone, we want to take a few moments here to thank some of our great sponsors here at the Racing with Ryan podcast, including our good friends over at. Schultz Engineered Products and Schultz Racing Fuel Cells. If you're in the market for a new racing fuel cell for your vehicle, make sure you check out Schultz Fuel Cells. They're designed and manufactured in the United States to be safer, longer lasting, and they will outperform all other fuel cells that you can get your hands on. Also, they specialize in their fuel recovery systems. You can save on your fuel expenses, significant maintenance reductions, along with a safer working environment, better for the actual environment, the outside environment, and it'll eliminate your fuel disposal fees. Those are just some of the products that Schultz Engineer Products focuses on, and you can check them out on the web at schultzproducts.com. You give them a call at 732-922-4334, or for email inquiries, you can reach out to them at info at schultzproducts.com. That's info at schultzproducts.com, S-C-H-U-L-T-Z, Schultz Engineered Products. We welcome them as one of our anchor sponsors here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. Make sure you check out their website, schultzproducts.com, for everything that they offer. And hey, if you're racing and you want to stay safe, get one of their fuel cells installed on your race car. You will not regret it. We also thank SRQ Taxes in Sarasota, Florida. We know tax season has come and gone, but guess what? It's never too early to get a head start on next year or to start thinking about next year. And hey, if you have any issues with your taxes or you know, you're looking to get a hold of somebody that can help out your business, check out srqtaxes.com. Click on their services portal and you can see everything that they offer from accounting software selection, audits, compliance, bookkeeping, business consulting, um, they do estate and trusts, they do financial analysis, statements, IRS representation in case you have any issues. They even have a notary public on hand for all of those documents that you might need notarized. And of course, tax preparation and planning. So make sure you check out srqtaxes.com located in Sarasota, Florida, or you can uh, get with Steve Darling at the Auburndale Speedway. He'll be happy to help you out. SRQ Taxes coming on board as another one of our anchor sponsors here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. We also thank 124 Welding and Fabrication. That's our good buddy, Ron D'Alessandro. Uh, had a great run in the 602 class a couple of weeks ago. And uh, we really appreciate him being on board. Of course, uh, just like it says, welding and fabrication. That's what he specializes in. If you need anything welded up, get with Ron. If you uh, need something fabbed, 
with Ron as well. He will help you out. You can also check out his Etsy store because he makes all kinds of great metalworking, uh, which make great decorations. We have the Racing with Ryan podcast logo and emblem here in the studio. Looking at it as we record right now, it makes a, you know, it'll complement any room, anything you're looking for. He can do custom stuff, but you can also check him out on Etsy. If you look, go to Etsy.com and search 124 Welding and Fab. It'll come right up. You can check out the great products he has available, or you can reach out, contact him for anything specific. Again, that's 124 Welding and Fab. Check them out on Etsy. We also have a a couple of supporters that we would like to thank. Of course, um, we have our anchor sponsors, and then we have those that just support the show. And we got to thank Ken Copley. Of course, he is our EMOD sponsor, but we want to thank him for his support here as well. And Doug Samian from Do All Lawn and Tree. Um, that's his company, but he just uh, he appreciates the show and appreciates what we do, so we appreciate him. So thank you to all of our great Anchor sponsors and our supporters here with the Racing with Ryan podcast. Now, we'll let you get back to the show. All right, welcome back to the show. Real quick, final segment here. I know when a lot of people, if you're listening to this and you've gotten this far, you just want to get through it. So I am right there with you. Uh, quick update on the power rankings. I have both NASCAR and Florida power rankings for you. Where should I start, Tom? Where would you like me to start? NASCAR or Florida let's power Let's start rankings? with NASCAR. Okay, let's get that out of the way. Um, falling out of the power rankings this week, Daniel Suarez. I put him in a week ago because I thought he was going to do really well. Missed a shift on the first lap and never became a factor in the race. So Alex Bowman moves into 15th. Uh, missed a couple races due to back injury and is still in the playoffs via points. So... He moves up to 15th. Ricky Stenhouse remains 14th. Ross Chastain drops a spot down to 13th. He continues to struggle after his Darlington crash, where he crashed out competing for the win. Has not been the same. Tyler Reddick, the man I picked to win the race uh, on the hot mic, has dropped three spots to 12th after a poor finish due to a flat tire. So he's 12th. 11th, Chris Busher, he moves up two spots after a great top five run. Chris Busher, a sneaky playoff contender right now. Could be one to watch to get that win and lock himself in. Bubba Wallace uh, has had a lot of speed lately, but drops two spots after a poor performance at the road course. He's now 10th. Kevin Harvick also drops two spots to 9th. Christopher Bell moves up three spots with a solid performance on the road course and finishes in 8th. Joey Logano, a quiet third-place run, moves him from 10th to 7th. A lot of movement in the NASCAR Power Rankings this week, as I said earlier. Ryan Blaney remove, er, remains in sixth. A couple of late race spins relegated him to a really, really poor finish, but was running so well until he got dumped twice in the final few laps, so I left him sixth. Denny Hamlin down one spot after crashing out of the race. William Byron drops two spots. He was an afterthought. Uh, didn't run well, didn't lead laps, so he drops two spots to fourth. Kyle Larson drops two spots as well from first to third, but it's only because the drivers in front of him did so well this week. Kyle Busch moves from fifth to second with a second-place run, and Martin Truex uh, moves up to first from third after winning the race. Again, NASCAR is off before off this week before moving to Nashville. So I took the race from Nashville last year and kind of factored into the power ranks a little bit as far as some of the bigger movements. I think this is a pretty fair list. Um, I know uh, Tom doesn't follow the NASCAR Circuit very closely, but I don't think he would object to this either. <laughs> very, very closely. Yeah. Yeah, yes. I, I follow it when Ryan sends me the highlight links to watch. It's, I'm, every week now, I'm like, here, watch this. <laughs> so 
you might follow this a little more closely. This is our Florida Power Rankings. And Dustin Higdon drops out of the top 12 this week because his car was there, but he did not participate in the heat race. That was interesting to me. Was it because he was going to be dropping to the back of the feature anyway? I, I mean, heats are I worth points. I don't know. I saw on his Facebook that he wasn't even going to be there, period, and then the car showed up. Oh, yeah, up. that's so, right. I forgot about that. I don't know what that was all about. And, and of course, uh, with Kenny kind of being MIA right now, I, I haven't gotten the story. Fair enough. Um, so he drops out this week. Uh, Blake Clouser remains 12th. Uh, good run in his heat race. Uh, if we had run features, he might have moved up. Jason Lester moves up to 11th with the modified race coming up this weekend. I feel like we got to talk about him and uh, think about him as one of the contenders for this weekend's race. Fingers crossed. Sean Bass going to move down one spot to 10th. Just because it's been a long time since the last I just, race. I just feel like, yeah, he, it, it's been so long and another driver moved up. Uh, ahead of him that wasn't ranked before. Steve Gill, sportsman driver in the SRL series, having a great year. He moves down to ninth. Tim Sozio in the sportsman, also the late model. Uh, he is in eighth. Michael Goddard drops one spot to seventh. Just kind of a so-so run, but I, I just feel like give him track position again. He'll be good. Yeah. So with the big win in the late model race this week, and Brad May goes from not ranked. Brad May has been so hard to rank this year. Because he's either been, like, winning or not finishing yeah. or, or just kind of an afterthought. Um, so he moves up to sixth after the win. I thought with that big field of cars, um, there was eight, nine, ten drivers that could have won that race, and he did. So he moves up from not ranked to sixth. And I, do you think that's fair? I, I think so just because I mean, you're absolutely correct about the situation and how difficult it is to rank him. But also he proved yet again that – when presented with a surprising situation out of nowhere, he still knows in the moment exactly how to handle it. Yes, and that was the most impressive thing to me. It's like you could tell the minute, you could tell when he backed off that he was saving his shit to cool it down to go for the kill. And mm -hmm. that's what he did, and it was amazing to watch him execute it. Yeah. So that puts uh, Brandon Morris still in fifth, TJ DeCare still in fourth. Uh, TJ was out of town this week running a, I believe it was a car stores race. Yeah. And he did quite well. Um, Daniel Webster drops from second to third. He was decent, but not great this week. I think he would have done better if he was in the blue and yellow car. Is it fair to say he's still figuring out the new car? Obviously, the new car is good. Yeah. But is he still just learning I, his way I, around it? I think it? that's fair. But yeah. if I think if he was in the blue and yellow car, he would have been maybe top three. Uh, yeah. So I moved George Gorham up from third to second. I, I had moved him up into the top three because he kept winning every week because mm -hmm. he was over at like Showtime or Citrus where they had six or seven cars. When he came over to New Smyrna and finished second after not being there for two, two and a half years, whatever it's been, three and years. And like you said, the track will smack you in the face. It will. That is such a humbling proving ground. And he proved that there's no fluke. Yep. That car is fast. So yep. I moved and George up to there second. There were a couple moments where it looked like he was being aggressive, but when you really look at the footage, he drove everybody clean as well, clean as a whistle. I, I mean, he was aggressive, but you almost have to be in a late model to, yeah. to pass anymore, to pass. especially early. You have yeah. to well, the field is sorting out. You've got there's no give. It's only take. Yeah. He didn't spin Daniel Touched him, he got him wiggling, but he didn't wreck him. No, he didn't I, I put was him very. I, 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 it was aggressive for lap one. It was aggressive, sure, but George I've been is very an impressed racer. with Gorham in 2023. So I've got him second, and I still have Cody Stickler first. Even though I didn't I mean, race this week, I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I haven't been able to, to move him. 
Yeah. I, I would love to see him in the modified this week, but I don't know if there's a mod of mayhem race or if there's a late model race at Bill Showtime or um, Auburn was off for a while. I don't know. That's right. Maybe we do see Cody. I'll reach out to him. Yeah, Maybe we, we can get Cody Steckler and Jason Lester there this week and we'll have a hell of a race. At Family Fun Night, we'll do a uh, Power Wheels race for the adults and he'll win that. <laughs> he would too. Yep. That's the thing. He'd win a damn tire race. <laughs> He'd win a weightlifting competition. That's for damn sure. I wouldn't want to <laughs> make him mad. So I, that's why I leave him number one. Yeah. Um, I, I think. Um, uh, congratulations is in order. He's not on my power rankings, but uh, I believe Timmy Moore won the Modified of Mayhem's race this weekend. Hey, all so, right. Or, or at least he placed in the top three. So we'll give him a, a shout out there. Uh, so that's my that's my power rankings for this week. I do want to take a quick moment and look around the state. I know I don't have much analysis on this, but I do want to give uh, credit where credit is due to the tracks that did run this weekend. Give uh, some some top performances out there. I know Showtime was in action. Uh, they actually were in action Wednesday and ran some races. And is that all they did? Wednesday, June 14th. Let's take a look at that. No, that that is upcoming. They're running this Wednesday as well. They ran... Okay, so they ran Wednesday the 7th. Now I'm, I'm caught up. Um, I'm just going to give the winners for this because it's, kind of uh, it, it's kind of a drag racing slash, hey, come check out our asphalt track deal. Steve Paulton was the winner of the mini stock race where they had 12 cars show up. Not bad for a Wednesday. And then Dennis Wilson won the Ford Oval A division out of a field of 22. 22 basically bomber Bs on a Wednesday. That's yeah, a at popular showtime. class right now. It is, especially on the little bull rings. So yeah. on, I mean, even I'm sitting here saying, like, ooh, if I ever got in a car, it would be a bomber B. I, I would love to drive a bomber B. I'll probably drive one of Frank's cars for a practice session just to say I did it. <laughs> let me let me put a GoPro in it. Uh, by all means. Um, so looking at Showtime's Saturday results, this is what I was looking for here. Uh, they ran super late models. They had a field of six. So yeah. New Smart is not doing it. I mean, yeah, enough said, right? I'm not trying to compare. No, not also, at all. Yeah, and I, I, like I I've been I've been trying to get out to Showtime all year. It just hasn't lined up. So I'm I'm certainly not in Yeah, it's it's been a few years since I've been there myself and I'd like to get back. I, I want to get out there into Citrus at least once this year so I can give them some love on the podcast here. Yeah. Uh Matt does a great job announcing over uh, there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um Brad Bowman, the winner in the house car, Robert Yoho's double zero. Bowman gets the win over Robert Jonas. Brighton Horner was out there. He finished third. John Anderson in fourth. Fifth for Hayden Mowry and sixth for Kip McVeigh. So, I mean, that's that's been their crop of cars this year. So, even though we were running, honestly, we didn't take away from them. They didn't take away from us. So, it's all good. All good. Uh, they ran a heat race as well. Brighton Horner won that. Street stocks, nine of them. And Kyle Courtney once again got the win over Mark Nelson. Thomas Meyer was third. Mike Wedick in fourth and fifth for Rick Ha. He raced the winner was Rick Ha. They ran four to figure eights. And Cody Williams got the win over Robert Stoffel, Justin Meyer, Mike Wedick, and Shane Grigsby, the top five. Super mini late models, which are uh, mod minis. Right. They just, uh, they, they got a fancy name for him over there. Garrett Larson got the win over Ronnie Larson, Jay Zolziak, 
Dean Butram and Jeff Firestone. Nine cars started the race. And Jeff Firestone. I, I love it when I see DQs in the heat race. <laughs> that means some shenanigans. Uh, Jeff Firestone won the heat race over there. Heat race number one. Logan Butram and Austin Ramsey were DQ'd. Ronnie Larson won heat number two. So definitely some shenanigans. Uh, they had the Asphalt Small Block Modifieds, which are their E-Mods, basically, or A-Mods. Jamie Castleberry was the winner over Brian uh, Scalise. Mike Meadows was third. There's some new names for me. Doug Miller, Tom Zimmerman, the top five in a field of nine. Heat race win went to Brian Scalise, Scalise, however you say that. So that is the results from Showtime. Yeah, apart from the small blocks, seems like the same. And for all we know, it was a great night of racing. We didn't watch it, but uh, it sounds like the same crop of names that we typically hear from them, right? Yeah, and they, they've been having solid showings. I mean, they, they have their solid group of racers. And, you know, I know a lot of people are very judgmental on New Smarter's car counts. But as I've been doing this around the state segment, I've realized, you know, there are some nights where we're way off. Yeah. There are some nights where it's it's like when we went to Auburndale, like we're not far off from what they have on a weekly right. basis. Right. And yeah. you know, it might be plus or minus two or three cars, but every track right now is doing their damnedest to get just that next car to the track. Mm-hmm. So and it's just, you know, it takes fans maybe giving somebody a second chance. As we were talking just now, yeah. I got a response to that Detroit comment that I mm-hmm. mentioned earlier, where somebody responded to them saying yeah, the reason I don't go anymore is because last year they were only getting like five to six late models. Right, and now we're, you know, triple that. Yeah. And, you know, there's going to be good nights and bad nights. There really are. There always are. Yep. Um, so looking at Auburndale Speedway now, they had the pure stocks in action. Good field of 18. James Wright with the DNS, though. That's big news. James Wright's been winning a lot over there. Hmm. The win... Went to, and I know they were hampered by rain as well, but Cody Struble got the win in the first feature of 25 laps over Bobby Mobley. Ronnie Roop with a solid third place run. Jacob McCordale was fourth, fifth for Mike Smith. Josh Cole was sixth, seventh for Rebecca Catarelli. Brenda Love was eighth. Ricky Bullard Jr. was ninth and tenth for Dale Tillery. We've observed Wright's dominance uh, previously, just between you and I. Uh... That is very interesting. I wonder if he changed something or if they caught something. Yeah, I, I'll be interested to hear what uh, what Steve has to say about that on the hot mic, if you want to go back and listen to that after you listen to this. Um, the A-Mods were in action, so they were competing against... Uh, everybody had an E-Mod slash A-Mod <laughs> yeah. division this week, and they had eight cars, so the, the split is equal. Roger Blevins got the win over James Seawright, which is interesting to see him in the 04 car. Dylan Martin was third. Cody Durham fourth. Jacob Wallace, Jimmy Pope, Ronnie Abney, and Carl Jones rounding out the field there. And Jeffrey and they, White went out of state, didn't he? Yeah, he took the prolate to Georgia, I believe it was. Yeah, he said he liked it. Had a good time. That's yeah. cool to see. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad to see them really... Oh, yeah. They, they've branched out. They support everything. Yeah. So In the context of New Smyrna, I said what I said last week, you know, when we were talking about the EMOD division, like, oh, man, it's a bummer, just regarding how I view New Smyrna's EMOD division, that J- Jeffrey White isn't a consistent part of it anymore. Sure. But I love seeing what, what he's up to with his various And there's vehicles. nothing wrong with traveling and racing here, racing there. Just go race. Go, yeah. go have fun. 
Uh, the sprint cars, the wing sprint cars were in action. That was the only other feature that was complete at the Auburndale Speedway this week. So that was a holdover from last week then? Yes, they did reschedule okay. to this weekend. Okay. Try to get it in before the break. Um, 12 cars. So not, I mean, 12, 12 of these things at Auburndale. Yeah, um, yeah. 12 of these at New Smyrna. <laughs> You know what? I think the last one that we had to do smarter was nine cars. I think it was less than so that, yeah. we'll take 12. We'll take 12. I mean, these things are... You think sprint cars, you think dirt. So it's tough on asphalt. But uh, Stephen Hollinger got the win. You know who that is, right? I you know don't. Rex, That's the, not... the bone oh, man, Rex Hollinger. Okay. That's his son. Okay. So he got himself a win in the uh, the sprint car series cool, over Daniel Miller, who used to run Prolates at New Okay, Smarter, yeah. Blue double O. And Larry Brazil Jr. was third, fourth for Colton Bettis, and fifth for Dude Teat. I know you. I know you recognize Dude. Uh, then we had Mickey Kempkins in sixth, Sport Allen, Gary Wiggins, Ryan Adema, Bruce Brantley, Bo Hartley eleventh, and then the man that everybody said was going to win the race by a lap, Davey Hamilton Jr. rounding out the field. See, I recognize Mickey in sport. Yeah. Because there were some fireworks at New Smyrna that yep. I haven't. I mean, that's we one of my favorite oh, videos I've ever. Off. Yeah. Is that the wheel that comes off that ends like the yeah. speed of it? Yeah. And like okay. I've. Okay. Oh, well, I don't think it's that one. Or is it, maybe it's the same race. The, 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 the Kempkins Sport Allen race where like they got into it afterwards. I've continually gone back to that one. Like, ooh, what's like. The, the YouTube jargon is resurfacing. Like, what's an old uh, video that yeah. I can resurface? Like, I can recut it and make it new again. And I always think of that one, and then I realize, oh, wait, I've already resurfaced to that one because it's always the first one I think of. But Dude Teat is not a name that I <laughs> that I recognize. He, I would <laughs> he's always been out there. It's T-E-A-T-E. Okay. Teet. It's not, you know. Yeah. I, but, yeah, the way you said it made me think a different way. Yep. So I am logging into the fantasy app here, and I'm not going to give my fantasy picks for Nashville until next week because I need some shit to talk about next week. But I do want to talk about our Racing with Ryan podcast fantasy league, see how everybody fared at Sonoma. As you're pulling it up, I'm guessing Citrus also ran, but we just don't have time to talk about 20 different features. Uh, I I think they were off. Uh, Now you've got me saying, oh, one other track did run. I'll talk about in a moment. But let me check on Citrus. I feel like they were off this week. Yeah, I can I can pull them up if you're uh, Citrus County wanna... Speedway High Speed Hive. <laughs> yeah, last race said it was bring the carnage. <laughs> so I think they're okay. in action. I think they did the carnage a week off, and then they're back. I think they have modifieds this week too. So, well, uh, it is what it is. Um, I forgot Thunder Road was in action. Thank you for mentioning other tracks. I do want to talk about that before we sign off just because I have so many people that have told me they watch Thunder Road because of this podcast now That's that I so want to awesome. talk about it. Um, Hunter Young with the win this week in our fantasy po- or, uh, fantasy league. Won by six points. John Gross was second. Stephen Collins third. Timmy Walters was fourth. Fifth for King Penguin. Richie Petty Jr. Oh, God, I did so bad this week. I was going to say, you Shire Motorsports, you RKS Racing in eighth. I, me and Steve <laughs> tied for eighth this week. So Okay. Is Steve still uh, leading overall? Nah, I think John's winning. Eight ball racing oh, was 10th. Yeah. Here's the uh, – so that was our results from Sonoma. And let's go look at the overall here. Well, good for Hunter. Yeah, good run. Yeah. 
He's doing all right. Hasn't been able to make it out on the actual track yet, but... I think he'll be back. Oh, we got a really close race at the top. John Gross, bomber number 93, is leading with 2,980 points. In second is Bob Fords. That is Bob Say with 2,889 points. Mm-hmm. Um, in third, myself with 2,873. Steve Darling, fourth, 2,853. So me and Steve are close. Staffordshire Motorsports in fifth, 2,789. Then it's Richard Petty Jr., Big Tempin, Pitt Penguin, Hunter Young, and Cushy Penguin, the top 10. And I'll give you my top five picks for Nashville next week as we do have a week off on the NASCAR schedule. Um, Thunder Road was in action. And, Tom, I have a video that I want you to watch from Ooh, Thunder Road. okay. One that I recorded from my television. I'll, as I'll I was live watching. react to it as you're reading the results. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's get to it. Yeah, yeah, that's the picture of it. Nope, 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 not that. I've run out of things to fill the dead air with. Watch uh, okay. watch that video. All right. Just go ahead and play it. I'll get you a live reaction of the uh, the big the big one and that they had these are, ooh. Oh, right into the, you don't want to hit. Oh, oh, well, that's weird. <laughs> that was, oh, he's going upside down. That was weird. I'm going to rewind that. Yeah, isn't that a weird crash? He hit the spot that you don't want to hit and got sent backward, and his ass ran into another <laughs> car who was trying to avoid it. Oh, that poor guy. Oh, wow. That was bad, wasn't it? What a, that was a weird wreck. Wow. You know, okay. It's funny. My my father works the back gate. My my father is the Leroy of Thunder Road. <laughs> so every now and then he'll send me pictures or or videos or things going on. So I did not get to watch live on Thursday, or I, it was a Friday night race because I I had a quarter midget. So I I came home and I watched the heat races Friday night to unwind after a long night of quarter midgets, and I watched the features on Saturday. But my my dad had sent me a message. And I saw real quick, it was a video of Thunder Road. So I'm like, oh, I saw Thunder Road. Didn't correlate what the cars were, didn't know what it was. But I was literally to this, that, that street stock race there. And I was like, I wonder if that is the video my dad sent me. And sure enough, he sent me the video of that, <laughs> that same crash that I recorded from my TV that you just saw. The street stocks, which are their four-cylinder class. Okay. It, it, it's like what Skinny was talking about last week. Right? Yeah. yeah. Most street stocks you think of are the Monte Carlos, the Camaros. Right. But their street stocks are the four cylinders. And then they have the Warriors, which, which are I mean, like our name bombers. makes sense. I mean, it does, yeah. It's just not... When you think street stocks, it's it's not what you think. What, like, it's not what your mind goes to. But it, it has been a division that has had like 20 to 30 cars ever since I've started going going there, paying attention to it. Yeah. Um, and they put that, that poor 24 car on his lid. Um, <laughs> what happened there, coming to the restart, the 24 and 54, uh, 24 Ramos, 54 Lovely, they they touched coming to the line, and Lovely cut a tire. So the car mm. on the inside cut a tire. The 24 launched over his tire and went straight into that tire barrier, uh-huh. that poorly constructed wall that they've, <laughs> built there <laughs> they've, they've thrown a tarp over it to yes. make it look better right and it, it's just the the problem is with that entry and exit there there's no other way they could yeah do the, if they were going to put a wall there had to be an opening there mm-hmm. and it 
it's a bad spot to go off the track. The 24 hit the edge of the tire barriers, bounces into the air, and the, the 30 car just completely ass-packed him. <laughs> and, like, it looks like he's going like to flip that, over one way, right. and then he gets hit, and he flips over the and other again, way. the car that he ended up backing into was trying to avoid right. something else like that was, like, him. a symptom of the of the initial situation. It was, it was a wild one. Um, but... They did have a good night of racing over there. They had the first leg of the Myers Containers Triple Crown Flying Tiger Series. Say that three times fast. I, I can't right now, Tom. <laughs> um, they had 30 cars show up. These are like, these are a, a hybrid, think of our sportsman. Yeah. 602 motors and uh, super stock, pure stock looking cars. Okay. So... Now, these cars don't have the outlaw wedge bodies like the sportsmen do, mm -hmm. but they have the same thing under the hood. But they look more like a street stock or newer style Monte Carlo. And they had 30 of them show up for this race. And uh, Joel Hodgson, a gentleman who used to drive street stocks when I was going to this racetrack, he won the race over Kevin Streeter and Derek Calkins. But 30 cars for a 75-lap race yeah. in the street I, on a quarter mile. I mean, just looking at you cars. scrolling down this list here on, on your computer, I was thinking, I genuinely was sitting here thinking, did they not divide the drivers by division? Is that just everybody no, that, who raced at that track that night? That's just one of four. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 30 cars started the race. That's awesome. Um, they did have a special appearance by the New England Super Modified Series, which is a... Crazy combination of open wheel modified and sprint car. It's, okay. it's a very crazy looking vehicle. It doesn't look like anything you've ever seen before. They only had 10. It's a touring series up there. Second year they've had them there. But listen to the names and, and stop me when you recognize one. So Dan Bowles won the race. I've never heard of him. Second was John McKennedy. Okay. There's a driver you've heard yeah, of. Yeah, all right. I, I can hear it in Ben Dodge's voice. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> Matt Swanson was third. Anthony Nocella oh, was fourth. all right. So a couple of tour I mean, this guys. This is New England, yeah. so yeah. Yep. A couple of tour I'm, just, I'm guys hearing all here. of this in Ben Dodge's voice. Um, the rest of them, they're, they're not tour guys, so I'll take the wind out of your sails. Russ Wood, Vernon Romanowski, Ben Seitz, Dave Duggan, Rob Summers, and Mike Mayberry made out the field. But a couple of Tormod guys yeah, running the yeah, super right. modified. So it's kind of cool. Kind of cool. By the grace of God. And 600 Anthony horsepower. Nose, uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the rocket sleds. Their late models ran the standard distance 50, mi or 50 miles. Goddamn. 50 laps. 20. 20 late models for a weekly, <laughs> you know, just normal <laughs> distance. Not a big deal show. And Daryl Moran picked up his second career win over Cody Blake and Tyler Cahoon. Very good race. A lot of back and forth. The governor of Vermont, Phil Scott, was in the field. He led the first 25, 30 laps before fading to sixth. The governor of the goddamn state That's races cool cars. because one of the guys who gets sent out as a representative for our governor for the Governor's Cup he used to be a driver, but he ain't doing that no more. Mr. Posey. But yeah. yeah. I do, I do, I get a kick out of the fact that Ron DeSantis got sent out as the rest representative that? for Rick Scott. Oh, yeah. He got sent out. And I was like, who's this guy? Yeah. And now he's the big political star in the country. Yeah. And he sends other people out to represent him because he ain't right. got the time. Right. But, uh, uh, like, how... I remember 
being on the track, having to talk to Ron DeSantis, I'm like, yeah. here's this Ron DeSantis to tell you some bullshit. You're like, how and do at I the time, I was this? really Ron not Ron DeSantis? And he's like, no, it's Ron DeSantis. And now he says Ron DeSantis. That's... That's well, in the news now throw that he him changed off a how. Bit uh, because, well, he's yeah. he's he's taking some hits. He here, he's. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I that's a whole other conversation. He's yeah, clearly yeah. A, a rising that's, political, that's for our star political podcast, which we record in an objective next. sense. Um, and it'll be very interesting to see where the chips fall. Uh, he he looked at a template that a political anomaly set for him uh, that that Rick Scott also followed, and he is finding success in it that is interesting to watch. And I, regardless of political stance, I will say that much. Makes but it a drama, I guess. There, yeah, I mean, then and that's, and that's Which, part of it. What is politics anymore but a, but <sighs> but a drama? A, but a reality show. Yeah, um, it is a reality show. It does affect us. That's a good point. I, you, you know that, we don't have to keep on going down this rabbit <laughs> hole, but you know that I was not a Trump supporter. But how much did what he do really like all the stuff that I was all angry about how much of it really affected my daily life not all that much and now that he's been out of office for so long and like I'm a CNN viewer and then you get and I'm a Stephen Colbert viewer and then you get people like CNN going like oh well we're gonna get him on this and I'm like it, what I don't know I I, I to, to Jamie all the time at home I sound like somebody who loves Trump because I'm constantly watching these networks that are going after him yeah. and talking to her about like how it's how it's not fair the way that they're going after him. I don't know. Like here I am going and, and down the rabbit hole after we're, four years. We're in beers, the current but, state that we're in. But anywho. Yeah, no, it's it's um it's politics the, is the, a mess. Is the what extremes we're to say. on both sides are the issue and mm-hmm, I feel mm-hmm. like most of us find ourselves in the middle looking at you know, again, not somebody who is a Trump supporter, but I look at the people who are on TV and the loudest people on social media that are anti-Trump, and I'm like, you're crazy. What, yeah, look, yeah. Just take it, a step back and look at what you're actually saying. It's the crazy people that get all the airtime these days, uh, yeah. and that's what, what has been swinging America. And that's and what the algorithm favors. That's it. That's but it. what I really wanted to ask about yeah, yeah. <laughs> after, back on track, after I've after driven away the, all of the, the listeners. The governor of Vermont is a race car driver. Yeah. Is this a common field for them? Because I have such a weird, like, of course, Central Florida is my purview, primarily New Smyrna Speedway and Auburndale Speedway. But just through hashtagging certain things and following certain people trying to get the Speedway video brand out there, there are other little glimpses that I followed and like the main other track that I follow and granted I wouldn't be able to tell you the name of a single driver that's out there but just like week to week what divisions they're doing, what they're promoting is that one little race track, little, I mean that one NASCAR home track that's out in Alaska Um, their, their manager actually visited during speed weeks and didn't come to new Smyrna. And I was like, come on, come to the other NASCAR home track. What are you doing? Right. Uh, like if I had found out that she was there, I would have wanted to go up and be like, Oh, Hey, I follow all your stuff on Instagram. Like, but 30, 25 to 30 tigers for this place is normal. 20 ish, 20 to 24 late models is normal. Um, 25 to 30 street stocks is normal. So these are the normal weekly and i say weekly car counts like thursday night friday night they they run primarily on thursday night so i'll say thursday night car counts are between on a bad night it's 16 late models on a good night it's 24 
And how many other tracks do they have around them that they're competing with? Do you have so an idea? The ACT late models, the the style of car that they run for late models, they run at a handful of different tracks. But Thunder Road runs on Thursday, and their sister track, White Mountain, runs on Saturday, uh-huh. and they get about twenty. Mm. And they're it's like a you get five or six that go to both tracks, and then a handful of others that yeah just run the one track. It so. has to be similar to Speed World New Smyrna back in the day. Yeah, yeah. So. They, I think the thing that they have going on, their season is so short. It's, you know, end of May through September. By necessity. Right, because then it starts to snow yeah. and it's Which, of cold, course, that Alaska track that I'm talking about, they're always posting pictures of like, well, look at all these snowbanks. Right, right. <laughs> so, you know, they, they, they have the blessing of being the only track that runs consistently weekly on Thursday. They run a Friday night race here and there when school is still happening to allow those, you know, to allow the kids not to be up late to go to school. Yeah. But they traditionally run on Thursday night. They run big events at the end and beginning of the year on the weekends and everything else is Thursday night and they'll get 20, 30 cars a division. So uh, to look at the rest of the classes here before we let y'all go, they have the street stocks where Tommy Smith, Tommy Thunder, got the win. His 36th career street stock win. They keep good records over there. <laughs> and why do I know this? Because, like, they know how many wins somebody has every time they win. Dean Switzer, the uh, point leader from last year, was second. Jesse LeCare, James Dopp, Kyle Gravel, the top five. This was the race where Tom live reacted to the flip. They had 30 cars show up, 28 started the main event. In the four-cylinder class. My goodness. Yep. And then they ran the uh, the Road Warriors, which are more or less our Bomberay type yeah. cars. The, the Street Stocks and the Road Warriors, they kind of look the same. The Street Stocks get to run racing tires and racing rims, whereas the Road Warriors run street tires and our bone stock, kind of like our Bomberays. Yeah. Um, they had 15... Yeah, they had 15 show up in a couple of crashes in the heat race. I posted on the Bomber A um, page one of the one of the cars that crashed at Thunder Road. He hit the 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 back wall with the rear end and broke. Actually, he, he hit the wall. He tried to drive away, and then the rear end broke, and the tire was pointing the opposite direction. <laughs> yeah. And then I found a picture of it where the where the rear wheel is pointed the wrong way, and he's driving to the pits. And I said, and it, they captured a picture of him selling the track with the broken rear end. And I said. Bomb rays. Here's the secret setup to not breaking out of 24 <laughs> seconds. And I posted that. A couple people got a kick out of it. Yeah, you um, got you got to take that in good humor. Exactly. So they they had a good good turnout for the and like their warrior division is like the ground pounders. They don't pay them. They're just okay. like come run with your four cylinder crap car for fun. Right. They I, I don't know. Maybe they pay the winner or the top three or something. But it's the same idea. It's like. Here's the beginner entry level. Come run your junk car for 20 laps and have fun. It's the, the fun class. The cheeseburger. Right. Yeah. So, and, and they had 16 or 15 or 16 show up. They had a bunch of issues in the heat race. Only 11 started the feature. And Taylor Sayers got the win over Neil Foster and Tyler Wheelie. So, Thunder Road, if you have flow racing, which I still have flow racing privileges from, <laughs> you know, previous engagements. So, I do get to watch, and uh, I recommend that you all watch, too, on what will be Thursday nights. The uh, SRX series, the All-Star series, is coming there. Big deal. They've uh, they've done some upgrades. They built a brand-new, like, towering tower 
like beautiful two-story scoring tower at Thunder Road. They put walls up all around the speedway, repaved it, new lighting. Place is amazing. It is the best. You can tell the the people that own it, Chris Mashad, Pat Malone, own it because they're race fans and they love racing. Do they make money? Probably not off Thunder Road. I, they, they have other ventures that they make their money and then they put that into Thunder Road for the love yeah. of racing. And that's what you have to have. Um, and, and thankfully, we, we have owners in New Smyrna that love racing and, and, and love their racetrack for the history. But man, to, uh, to, to run a, a, a top-tier racetrack, you've just got to know that sometimes you might lose some money. Yeah, and, and Robert has proven that again and again. Yeah, you know, and I, I I've heard the stories about two cars showing up uh, one night for Clyde, and Clyde's like, "No, we're running them," and he still would sit there and watch. And and Robert has done the same thing. Well, and that's the thing because I know a lot of people have had to have said their what they had to say about New Smyrna, and sometimes it's true. But at the same time, you can look at some of these other tracks and. You can look back at their history, different owners. Mm. The same people have owned and managed New Smyrna. And whether you think that's a good thing or not, the same people have poured their heart and soul into running the racetrack every weekend and trying to give you a place to race. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. But I'm thankful that we do have a place to race and call our home. Uh, you know, for Speedway Video, for myself, for the podcast here, um, I know some nights are better than others and some nights are frustrating, but damn, uh, I don't know where I'd be if it wasn't for New Smyrna. So yeah. I'm thankful. Um, you know, I could look at Thunder Road up in Vermont and think, well, if I never moved, maybe I'd be there. Probably not. Probably wouldn't have an opportunity there. Their, uh, their announcer when I was up there was Dave Moody. He was now one of the top, uh, radio announcers for NASCAR. And I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, I announced with Troy Germain. Yeah. He he took over for Dave Moody at Thunder Road. Mm. And just through social media, I followed him. He followed me. So you reached out. He was in town. He wanted to announce. He did. One and done situation. And now they have Aaron Maynard, who's really great. So, um, you know, I can, I can sit here and glorify Thunder Road with their great car counts and their small season that they get. But also I can sit here and be thankful for what I have. Absolutely. And... Um, Thanks for coming. Yeah, it was a good time. We we always make something of it. It, it feels like it was, uh, as as most of the podcasts I'm involved with go, it, it feels like it went a little bit longer than uh, we estimated. But I think it was, uh, I, I enjoyed the conversation anyway. And I think both of us are starting to feel the third and fourth beers starting to creep in. Oh, yeah. So Well, we always crack open a couple of beers because we like to have a good time. <laughs> like to let the alcohol flow and uh, watch Thunder Road on flow. Yeah. <laughs> Come out to New Smyrna this weekend. Free uh, Father's Day weekend. Watch the Modifieds and everything else. Have a good time. We'll be back next week with a full recap of uh, what we get. And, um, yeah, thank you all for listening. And, Tom, thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. And hope to have uh, – well, it, hopefully Skinny's back in the mix. But if not, then uh, the show will be We'll see what happens. Check it out on Speedway Video. You know where. There it is. Like and subscribe. Bye.